by IS as part of a prisoner exchange. The M1 reopened at around 8.30 last night in Bedfordshire following yesterday lunchtime's crash. A lorry went through the central reservation leading to an eight-hour closure between junctions 13 and 12. The driver suffered serious injuries. It took four hours to release him. He was taken to hospital with suspected broken legs. A 28-year-old woman remains in a critical condition after a collision with a van in Hoddesdon on Monday afternoon. She was airlifted to a London hospital after the incident in Stansted Road. Hertfordshire police say the two people arrested on Monday, a woman and a teenage girl, will face no further action. New research out today shows that the number of people facing homelessness rose to 280,000 last year, as opposed to government statistics of 52,000. The research, published jointly by Crisis and the Joseph Rowntree Foundation, argues that official figures are masking the true scale of the problem. Kevin Arscott is a former soldier who ended up homeless and living in Wendover Woods in Buckinghamshire. I spent most of, you know, since coming out of the army trying to find myself. It's been really difficult. Being in the army, what you're used to, and then you come out and you've got to restart your life again. You'd lost the family that you'd been with, do you know what I mean? All your mates were like your brothers. The latest forecast from Cancer Research UK suggests one in two people will develop the disease at some point in their lives. The new figure, which is published in the British Journal of Cancer, replaces the previous estimate of one in three. Police are investigating after claims that drinks were spiked in pubs and clubs in Dunstable on Saturday night. Four women separately contacted police to say they'd been unwell. In sport, Manchester United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 3-0 win over League 2 Cambridge in last night's replay play at Old Trafford. The weather, another cold and icy start, followed by a mixture of wintry showers with bright or sunny spells in between, a maximum temperature 5 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Sweet Lord, let's do it, guys. Kelly, are you ready? Yes, mate. Lockers, are you ready? I'm ready, ready, ready. Catherine Boyle, are you ready? <sighs> Not really, no. Okay. Got an ink stain in my jacket and it's really... It sent me into a spiral of depression that, that is completely out of sync with the uh, uh, size of the incident. I may talk about that once or twice throughout the show. Mm-hmm. What have you done to get rid of it? Sorry? What have you done to get rid of the He's stain? He's Googled. I Googled and I asked Catherine and I came back with, uh-uh, no, jacket I ruined. I said, I reckon I can sort that out. He went, yeah. no, you can't. You can't. You can't, you can't fix have this. Have you tried salt? Oh, she's literally just saying condiments. Ah. Across beds, hearts, hey. bucks. This is BBC. Give us that again, Kel. Catch up. Yeah, there's a girl in the, red wine. There's a girl in the papers today. Bet there's a few. So Student Lauren Dodd <laughs> has a phobia of tomato ketchup and feels sick if she sees it. And so what the son have done is they put a, a tub of tomato ketchup in front of her, and she's there going. Oh, I don't like this. It's called a mortusesquisphobia. Sorry? Oh. What, what happened set there? me off, sorry. Mortusesquisphobia. Even the bottle makes her tremble, and she nearly fainted with some splashed on her. Gosh. So... How is she with mayonnaise? <laughs> I really don't think you're taking that seriously enough. Hey, Kath, 
Yes. You asked me earlier on for a George Harrison song that yeah. you'd heard me play. Yeah. You didn't know what it was. Yeah. Would you like to introduce it? It's a little treaty, treat, treat, treat to you today because I was a little bit rude. And I posted a picture of uh, Mel and Sue on Twitter and I said, my good friends um, Kelly Betts and Catherine Boyle were a good to see you on telly. It was a little bit rude. You, got, you genuinely were offended. No, I'm not offended. She's you did a fine looking woman. You did the offence. Yeah, and then I started Googling Steptoe and Son to try and pwn you back, but then I thought, you know what, it's not worth it's it. It's that you're calling it ponership means uh, you're upset. I really liked that you said that we were your good friends. That was a lie. So, Catherine, introduce George Harrison, What Is Life, as my little apology to you all. This is going to be Hey Fatty Bon Bon. <laughs> no, it's not! I promise you it's not! I promise you it's not! <laughs> You're the one for me, fatty. Oh, it's nothing. There's nothing rude about it. Is there a song called Specky Four Eyes? Boys' hair. <laughs> a Specky Four Eyes. Boys. A boys' hair. A Specky Four Eyes. A boys' hair. A Specky Four Eyes. A boys' hair. And that, my friends, was Specky Four Eyes. Boys' hair. Now go on, introduce it, would it? Here's a song that I heard him play on a different radio station. I thought it was quite good. <laughs> oh no! Dodgy. You like dodgy? You like dodgy? Kath likes dodgy. Oh, you like dodgy? Oh no! Kath loves dodgy.
It's good enough for me. It's good enough for you. It's what I want to be. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for two. It's what I want to be. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for two. It's what I want to be. Break it down. Do, 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 if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for two. All the ladies. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for two. All those on medication. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't know what the name of that song was. We'll try and find it out for you later on in the show. Now, the family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic, uh, Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. Sally Evans from Woburn Green has been talking to MPs on the Home Affairs Select Committee as they attempt to work out how people like her son Thomas end up fighting alongside Islamist militants. Well, Catherine Boyle's been looking into this. Uh, Catherine, remind us of this case. Well, Sally Evans took action after she found out her son Thomas had joined Al-Shabaab. This is uh, the, the group behind the atrocities in Kenya. She said her son left school at 16 and he'd been a regular boy until he became depressed until after splitting up with a long-term girlfriend. He converted to Islam and then flew to Egypt in 2011 before travelling on to join Al-Shabaab fighters in Somalia. His mum Sally and his brother Michael have been giving evidence, as you said, to MPs and said at first they'd welcomed his decision to practice a faith. I had no, no reservations at all. Um, he'd been done one or two things that I wasn't proud of, so I was quite happy for him to follow Islam if that's what he wanted. And initially he... It was good. It really thought him out. Yeah, it was really good for him. But then slowly he started to drift down a path that wasn't right. Uh, His brother Michael noticed a change in Thomas, didn't he, once he converted to Islam? Yeah, he said that Michael Evans, um, as you heard there, he's uh, his brother and he's two years younger. And he said that there was a clear tipping point, things started to change. When he he changed mosque, the way he practiced Islam changed completely. Every night he was at home would be an argument... Um, any discussion we'd have with him would be called racist. Um, we were told m- numerous times we're going to burn in hell because we're not Muslims. Um, and that's the view he still holds today. Yeah. And the committee was told that Thomas changed his name to Abdul Hakim, tried to fly to Kenya but was stopped at the airport gate by UK officials. They stopped him from flying. However, his family said they weren't told and so they didn't realise the extent to which he'd become radicalised. Both Sally and Michael Evans say something clearly went wrong when in 2011 Thomas successfully managed to fly to Egypt instead and he didn't come back. It's frustrating because they obviously had suspicions about him. They stopped him flying to Kenya. Um, and for him just to go to the airport um, you know, a few months later and get on a plane to Egypt, no questions asked, it just seems like there's a failure somewhere. Why, why was he not on some kind of blacklist or no-fly list? Because they obviously had concerns about him. It just seemed like, seems like someone made a mistake somewhere. It was a massive failure yeah. somewhere, I feel. 
He's um, been let down that they yeah. let him fly. Uh, and has Thomas or Abdul been in touch with his uh, his family since? Rarely is the answer. They know he's in Somalia and they know that he's married a 13-year-old girl. Crikey. She's been in touch asking them for money. Yeah. Sally Evans says she simply hadn't known where she could get help to stop her son becoming radicalised in the first place. And she said some helplines exist, but only for Muslims worried about Muslim children, not for non-Muslims whose offspring had mm. converted. Um, she said that the help should be universally available. In colleges, within the mosque, it should be it should be out everywhere. It should be easily obtainable that you can see it, so that people know that if there's a problem, that's where you can go to get help. Because if I'd have known there was somewhere I could have gone to get to get help, I would have done that. Michael and Sally Evans say that they uh, believe that others from Thomas's mosque have also travelled to join fighters, um, this time in Syria. They're asked um, by MPs what advice they might give to other families in their situation. Go and get help for your son. Don't, don't, let, don't let him go. Don't lose your son like I've lost mine and you've lost your brother. Yeah. Michael? Yeah. Just, just don't, uh, don't ignore all these small changes because over the long term it adds up to, to quite an extreme change that, and when you're at that point I think it's hard to get them back you need to intervene early just to, to let them know that they're being, they're being brainwashed they're being poisoned Catherine, thank you Ian, you're welcome Travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio Looking at the motorways on the cameras this morning and it's all looking fine so far. It's quite quiet on the M40. In Clapham on the A6 Way, there are delays around, there are roadworks around Clapham Road so expect delays there. And in Hatfield on Great North Road there's some temporary traffic lights at Bullstag Green so expect some delays there later on when it starts to get busier on the roads. In High Wycombe on the A404 Marlow Hill there's some temporary traffic there at the junction for Marlow Road too so that could get quite busy as well. And on the trains, the 625 service from Luton to London St Pancras International is delayed by 10 minutes. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, that's it, man. Loving it, man, loving it. I am loving the travel with Sammy Braff. 6.15, it's uh, Wednesday, the 4th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic... Why am I struggling with that word today? Let's just take another run-up. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after Islamic State militants released a video showing a Jordanian Air Force pilot being burned alive. And Manchester United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 3-0 win over League Two Cambridge in last night's replay at Old Trafford. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of uh, it's chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of oh. the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, 
humiliated and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarkets, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you, Claudette, what does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000. When you're in such a low and desperate place, you'll do anything. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's people. Let's talk. Let's talk to each other. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. All right, I see. Sorry? Sorry? What? I mean, it's... Kennedy. Kennedy. What? Can you guess the name of the musician that this woman is saying? Kennedy. Kennedy. Nigel Kennedy. Kennedy. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. She's saying the name of one of the most famous people in the world. But who is it? Kennedy. Okay. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Yes, Catherine. Nothing. Got nothing to say to you. You're right, Kels. You're a bit okay. sniffly today. Snuffly. Like I Mr. Snuffleupagus. Sometimes in the morning. Yeah. It'll pass. It'll pass. Yeah. Don't you worry. Not going to do sick note or anything. Not gonna pull a Kathy. Hey, lockers! Oh, again, right? No, okay. listen, 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 listen. It's, it's all, it's all love here. And um, you, uh, uh, sorry? Yeah, exactly, Matt. He is literally the weirdest <laughs> man ever. <laughs> Why have you frozen? It's not it's musical statues. Oh, he's passed. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, we'll stop. We'll stop the nonsense. We're going to play Lockers or, 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 a piece that he recorded yesterday about old people. What was it about old people having it? No. What was no, yesterday's lonely people? Is it old people getting knock on the door? We'll find him something to go out on today. But let's have a little bit. Of, let's have some tunes. Okay. Let's have a little bit of uh, my favourite Beatle. Catherine, you heard me play this on another radio station. You. <laughs> what I can't hear what you're saying. I'm not talking We're to you, not mate. Talking to you, Matt. Sorry. Catherine? You heard me play this. And you hadn't heard this song. It's a really famous song. Yeah. Would you There's like a lot of songs in the world. I'm, would you I've like to introduce uh, Mr George Harrison? And the song Here's he, Hey Fatty Bomb Bomb. It's not Hey Fatty. I'm not doing that. Mate, honestly, I've got George Harrison, What Is Life, queued up to play. So introduce it. It's some song or other. No, come on now. Listen, we always get complaints that we don't say the names of the songs I of the artists. I think from Matt, and he loves it. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Uh, so you, tell us why this song is so special to you. Introduce it, and then we'll have it. <laughs> no. Why? It's going to be dodgy again. <laughs> if you love dodgy so much, why don't you marry I them? I hate dodgy! You love dodgy! Seriously, why don't you go and marry the uh, the fella from Dodgy and he might take you around to Top Loaders for a cup of tea. Oh.
forget we're playing. What uh, celebrity name is this woman saying? Kennedy. 08459 455 555. Here it is one more time. Kennedy. Okie dokie. Now, people are being encouraged not to declare themselves homeless so the government can suggest that the number's down. Well, that's according to a new report from Crisis and the Joseph Rowntree Foundation. Not only do their stats wildly contradict official figures, they believe the number that they have is only the tip of the iceberg. But whether it's their 280,000 cases or the government's 52,000, and boy, isn't that a big gap, many people left sleeping, uh, are left sleeping on the streets or mate sofas and are turning to charities rather than the state. Well, Simon Green is housing manager at Milton Keynes YMCA. Morning, Simon. Morning, Ian. So the Joseph Rowntree Foundation saying 280,000, the government saying 52,000. That's a massive gap. Who, who, who should we believe? Well, I think in reality the homeless problem is much bigger than um, the, the authorities will um, admit to. Um, and we certainly see that there's much bigger numbers of people homeless than official figures will show. And I think there's a, there's a strict criteria which local authorities will um, adhere to when they're, when they're taking people and giving them housing, and most people won't fit that. You mentioned uh, uh, local authorities. What are the key problems that they face when they're trying to tackle homelessness? Well, there's just not enough homes, to be honest. So I think for decades, really, um, not enough homes have been built, so as housing demand has increased, there just aren't sufficient homes available for people, certainly in the southeast. And I'm guessing, well, I, I would imagine that that has a, a big knock-on for, for places like you, the YMCA. Well, in effect, really, that's why certainly our homeless hostel is in existence, because there's so many people out there who just can't find somewhere to stay. So, you know, if, you, if you're wealthy, you can afford to buy... Um, or if you meet the really strict criteria for local authorities or social landlords, then you'll be picked up by then. But most people won't be able to do either of those things. And then you're left trying to privately rent, and private rent is expensive, it's hard to get, there's not enough private rental housing. The average deposit these days required is £1,200, and a lot of people just struggle to, to find that. What's the situation like in Milton Keynes, Simon? Well, in our homeless hostel, we are, have got 20 people every night staying in our hostel, and demand for our service that we can't meet is going up year on year. So three years ago, we had to turn away 250 people um, just because we didn't have space for them. year after that, it was 350 people. Last year, it was 650 people. Blimey. And, and it's just going up and up. And where, where are they coming from? Are they from all over the country? Are they specifically from Milton Keynes? Well, that, that sounds like a massive leap. Yeah, well, no, these are people from Milton Keynes. Yeah. We have a local um, connection criteria, which we implemented a couple of years ago. So we had the odd person coming from outside of Milton Keynes. But now this is just people that Blimey. have grown up in Milton Keynes. What's the solution then? Well, quite simply, is to build more homes. Uh, in the long term, the only way you're going to tackle the issue is to build more homes. Um, that's obviously a massive issue that requires national political will. Um, and in the meantime, you need to support organisations such as ours that are going to continue to help these people. Simon, I really appreciate you getting up at this ridiculous time in the morning and, uh, you know, keep on, keep on doing what you're doing. Thanks, Ian. Thank you, mate. Simon Green, Housing Manager at Milton Keynes YMCA. Um, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, got some bad news, Kels. What's up? Well, we've been having a little bit of fun this morning. Yeah? Try and find Dodgy on the system now. What have you done? No, I've done nothing, mate. 
She's gone and deleted it. Do you know what? It's fine. I'll get it back. No, don't, I wouldn't. Let's, we, we, it's a boring song. Why are you, why are you obsessed with this? Kels, don't, mate. It's not, it's not fair. We don't no. really... Uh... Sorry? So much, Kath. Why don't you go and marry them? Why don't you go to Glastonbury, 1996, and marry Dodgy, and then you can go on honeymoon with Emma Toploader? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. And looking at the speed sensors in Clapham on the A6, Paul Radcliffe Way is moving fine at the moment through the roadworks at Clapham Road, but that could get busy later on. In Milton Keynes on the A421 Standing Way, there's roadworks around the Kingston roundabout, so expect delays there as well. And in Watford on St Albans Road, there's also roadworks going on at the Horseshoe Lane, so that could cause some delays. On the trains, London Midland have a replacement bus between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey because of problems with the overhead lines. That's likely to cause problems until around 11 o'clock this morning. And London Midland services have 10 minute delays because of a signalling at late finishing engineering works at Bletchley. Samantha Breath, BBC Three County Radio. Samantha. Yes. How's Hi, Ian. Hi there, Samantha. How's Elaine doing this morning? Elaine's fine. Is she, is Elaine blocked? No. There's... Is Elaine closed? <laughs> no. Is Elaine slow moving? No. Elaine is fine. <laughs> I don't really get it. Kath, can I say that? I don't think I can. Is there, is, is is anyone is that no? I... I don't think I could... I, I no. Well, I think... Has anyone, lane, has anyone shed a load in a lane? N- no. OK. Do you, not, do you not get it? <laughs> well, the, sort of, but it doesn't really make sense. No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's a lane. Did you ask her? Yeah, I did. She, she didn't get it. Well, uh, well, was there a breakdown in a lane? No, no. No. So a lane is open for business. Well, that She's running freely because that's a person. That's nothing to do with roads. Oh. Elaine. I'm not. I'm talking about Elaine. Oh, actually, a, a lady called Elaine. No, I'm talking about Elaine. A le- but which lane? Elaine. <laughs> which lane? There are lots of lanes. Exactly. Let's say Elaine one. Is Elaine okay? Is is Elaine one? Is she, is she though? Well, is Elaine one? Is the road is she? Thanks very much. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. After converting to Islam, Thomas Evans from Woburn Green joined Al-Shabaab fighters in 2011. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after Islamic State militants released a video showing a Jordanian Air Force pilot being burned alive. And the M1 reopened at around 8.30 last night in Bedfordshire following yesterday lunchtime's crash. A lorry went through the central reservation, leading to an eight-hour closure between junctions 13 and 12. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Manchester United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 3-0 win over League 2 Cambridge in last night's replay at Old Trafford. Here's Cambridge manager Richard Money. Our organisation was good and couldn't fault them for, for, for work ethic and, and, and all of that, but just a little bit loose with the ball in the first half. Second half, we said at half-time, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get battered, you know? So come out and 
show everybody what you can do. And I thought we played well second half. You know, disappointing that we lost the second half, to be honest. And Manchester United will now be away to Preston, who won 3-1 at Sheffield United. Also last night, Sunderland won 3-1 at Fulham to earn a trip to Bradford. Tonight, Liverpool are away to Bolton in their fourth round replay. In Conference South last night, Hemel Hempstead were 3-0 up against Wealdstone with three goals in the first 13 minutes, but the game was abandoned at half-time due to a frozen pitch. Luton's home game with Wickham in March has been moved for live television coverage. The game will now take place on Tuesday the 24th instead of Saturday the 21st. Hatters Andy Drury and Wickham keeper Matt Ingram have been nominated for the League Two Player of the Month award for January and the former Luton player Ken Hawkes, who played for the club in the 1959 FA Cup final, has died at the age of 81. Teenage striker Keisha Anderson has been telling BBC Three Counties of his shock at a deadline day move from Barton Rovers to Crystal Palace. The 19-year-old scored on his debut for Palace's development squad yesterday. To be honest, I didn't believe it myself. Like at first, it was only like League Two teams coming in, like and wanting me to come in, like and putting bids in, kind of thing. And like, then it stepped up. League One teams were looking Championship, and, and for Palace to be coming in for like such a player at such a low league, it was just uh, I don't know. To be honest, I can't even explain it. The former Tottenham boss Tim Sherwood is the early favourite to succeed Harry Redknapp as manager of Queen's Park Rangers. And in rugby, England will name their team today for Friday night's Six Nations opener in Wales. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've been. It's been um, highlighted to me that Kath and I have really been involved in some bad juju. We uh, talking, we were joking about Paris the day before yep. Charlie Hebdo. Okay, we couldn't have known. We couldn't have known. On honestly, there's nothing you can't do anything. But we were joking about Paris the day before Charlie Hebdo. We were joking about Dave D, Dozy Beak, and Mick and Titch the day before Dozy died. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Dave D. Yeah, he was already dead. He was already that dead. Was safe. That was that was that was safe. That's in the bag. We uh, were making some... Do you, were you here the other week, uh, Matt, when we were doing some excellent jokes about, about Taiwan? Yes, that was good. Yep. That was my highlight of the week. Taiwan's gone. Yeah. Well, it's not gone. An aeroplane... It's in the news. An aeroplane has crashed Ooh. in Taiwan. We have got to stop mentioning people, places and things. Yeah, so which is going to make doing a radio show very difficult. Maybe we, should, maybe we should stop doing it in English. Maybe if we did it in foreign, then the juju... Wouldn't have any. Uh, it would be negated. The power would be lessened. Well, c'est possible parce que j'ai un copie de Le Figaro ici. Alors, face au FN, l'UMP en pleine confusion. Sur fond de forte rivalité entre Nicolas Sarkozy et Alain Juppé, le parti se déchire sur la position adoptée en second tour de la législative partielle de Dupe. Are you okay? Um, yeah, Qui opposera so. le FN et le PS. Wow, I had no idea. Bad man, we're down. 
in every dimension She's got a figure that's shown of great attention She's poetry in motion, a beautiful sight to see I get so excited, you and her anatomy She's shield, she's strong, she's got Got all the curves of man like She's shield, she's strong, Euphonium. You right, Kels? Yes, mate. Yeah. Oh, I'm all I'm fine and dandy. Although I went to the gym last night, my oh, yeah. first session in two weeks with my mad Hungarian. My boys think it's hilarious that I pay a woman to shout at me, like Dominic Strauss Khan. And not just the one, apparently. No, uh, Octo. Uh, so anyway, um, I allegedly, although that doesn't get you out of any legal minefields. I mean, let's move on from that. Uh, but sh- it was uh, hard work. But I was I was pumping off like there was no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I felt the burn. Mm. I actually felt the burn. I only felt it there, just this little bit of uh, arm here. And there's a bit. We were uh, seriously. I was pumping off in the gym. Okay. And w- when you're doing it, and you're pushing, and you're doing weights, not very heavy weights, literally not very heavy weights. 
and then you're doing it and the, the arms are going fine yeah the arms are going fine all that twinges a little bit and then the left arm just stops working yeah it just stops working how is yeah. that and the brain's going well no move no, no try again and it wouldn't move at all and there was one bit where i'm doing i'm, I'm doing the exercise on the machine got a lazy left arm very lazy left arm yeah. right well it's not it, it wants to work it wants to, it just can't find any work sorry Kels? Mm. So I'm doing the machine, and uh, it was. And in the end, she took off the already very low weights, so there were no weights mm-hmm. on the machine. Yeah. So I'm pushing it. I'm pumping air, and it's still. Yeah, oh, I can do it. I'm pumping it. Oh, oh, left arm's not going anywhere. It's having none of it at all. That is nuts, isn't it? It's all about the reps. Sorry. It's all about the reps. There were no reps there. It's just me and her. Brap. <laughs> Brap. Um, I did some yoga yesterday. Well, yoga, yoga is good for you, isn't it? I did all this. Can you do downward dog? Yeah. She can. Blimey, yeah. Can you salute the sun? You right? Can you get back up from the downward dog? Is That's that the that co- one. No, it's that one where you go start up and then you end up on the floor. Oh yeah, sun, sun salutation. That one. Yeah. That. Salutate the sun. I'm not sure. That's. I tell you what, Ian the, Ian the pervert who drives past to catch an eyeful of the women here at BBC Three Counties Radio would love that. Uh, yoga's big in the... Is it the male or the express that we're doing... Um, oh, it's the male. How to calm your mind with yoga. I did yoga, right? There's nothing calming or relaxing about it. First of all, you're... Well, if you wo- relax, you... Mm. Well, you're worried that you're going to yeah. uh, uh, fall over. Um, and uh, also, that well, I, I've, uh, I've done classes... You've done, have you done classes where women are blowing off? <laughs> no one's admitted to it, but you certainly uh, get, the, get the background. You're contracting... <laughs> That's why you always stand at the front of a yoga class. Because you're, you're, you're pushing your stomach and stuff. It's all about the core. Oh, it's, it's nothing... It's when, the, I did yoga, when I was in yoga classes, that never happened. It's the most stressful thing in the world, apart from being in war. No, I'd say it's even more stressful than that. It got that bad in my yoga class that I started wondering whether it was me and I hadn't realised. Was it? <laughs> I don't think so. 08459 455 555 Your yoga stories, please um, We're also uh, playing Can you guess who she is talking about? Kennedy um, And there was, Did we have something else that we'd thrown out? Or maybe I just dreamt it? I don't matter Yes it's, It happened to you yesterday in Prisoners Oh, oh yeah and I think we can tell this story Because the chances of this boring man listening Doesn't listen uh, Well, even if the radio were on He would not hear us So we went to our local... <laughs> He'd be talking. He'd be talking about blooming fishing. <laughs> Catherine and I were let down by other members of the team, Kelly Betts and Matt Sorry. Lockwood yesterday. Apples. We, we, so normally go, we normally go for a cheeky little fry up at Prizzy's just down the road, Prisoners' Wives. Is that what it's called? Wait, no, and you've got to stop saying what, it. What is it called in then? In case they're listening. Okay, all right. <laughs> anyway, so we, they don't. They listen to Heart in there, despite us going in there to retune their radios. <laughs> and despite us funding them. Yeah, exactly. We're funding their uh, illegal lifestyle. Anyway. So we go in there, because me and Kath go in there thinking, well, this is great, we can um, have, a, have a proper grown-up chat instead of, you know, coming down to your level of the kids. Talking about, you know, pop idols and stuff like that. One we're direction. Gonna, yeah, we're going to talk about um, philosophy um, and decorating the house. And as we're there, right, this fella comes in and he just starts talking to us. Yeah. And he, 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 he obviously recognised me from uh, my very long television CV. Um, admittedly ended a few years ago. I thought ago. you were on Emmerdale, right? All right, mate. <laughs> and he, start, he starts, he says, oh, what are you doing here? And we said, oh, we, we, we work just up the road. Okay. And then he said, what do you think of it so far? Yeah. The answer to that is, of course, rubbish. You see, that was your mistake, because that was a code word. Then we're in. 
Then he comes and sits at our table. Yeah, prisoners' wives didn't help, did they? She nope. went, yeah, love, I'll put your tea, tea down here. She put his food on and drink on our, on our table. So suddenly he sat with us, right? And he would not shut up. Even though you were giving him nothing. And then you started joining in. 15 minutes into it, I thought, do you know what? I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. I'm having some of this. And I, I went in for the full conversation. And to, I could see you were getting annoyed. So when I finished my <laughs> breakfast, I ordered another breakfast. He did? Yes, I did. Do you know why I was getting a bit miffed? He was one of those blokes who doesn't see or speak to women. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, there was a question to, to, I thought, to the room. I answered it and he sort of looked at me as if... He looked at me vaguely and then carried on talking to you. But what was he talking about? Oh, God, fly fishing. Fly fishing? And then it turns out... It turns out, because you said, oh, Kath will come with you. (laughs) Thanks for that, by the way. No worries. He went, oh, no, of course, this is after, like, 20 minutes of this. Oh, I haven't been fly fishing for about... I haven't been fishing for about 20 years. Matt, Matt's outside. Matt, cut... Oh, Matt, uh, Matt, put your headphones on. I want to ask him a question. Because we politely endured it and sat through it. And even though we were both... And we were both um, kicking each other under the table. It was, it was like being at school. We just kept kicking each other and pinching each other. Uh, but, it went, but we are so polite. And I think most people would just put up with it. He wasn't even talking to me. And occasionally I was going, all right, yeah, yeah. All right. But Matt, we told you about this our boring fellow in the, the thing. And tell us what you said you would do. Well, I just told him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, you know, we're having a private conversation here. We've come here for breakfast. You've just joined our table. I don't know why. Um, I'm not uncomfortable with the situation. I'm sorry. Can you leave? And he would have done that. We're going to leave. And there were a couple of other... Uh, I know he sounds older than us, but he's actually younger than us. <laughs> there were a couple of other youngsters in the office yesterday. Jen was saying, well, I'll just, just tell him I'm not interested. Is it an age thing? No. Because you... Well, like, what? well, I would have left at the point you ordered your second breakfast yeah. and left you there with him. Oh, oh actually, yeah, I should have done that. Because should've. you don't know him, why are you keeping up a pretence that you have to be yeah. polite to You're northern, person. you're supposed to talk to strangers. No, no, no he's from depends. Yorkshire, isn't he? Oh, They're yeah. They're to get lost. Right, this is what I want you to take to the street. Not no. yet, have your coffee, we'll relax and enjoy ourselves for a little bit. Where's right. my coffee, by the way? This is, he's going to bring it in. I've, I'm, I'm going to do it. You, uh, Am I going <laughs> to drink it remotely? Right. So, so, can you take to the streets? Mm-hmm. What would you do if there's a boring man who sits at a table talking to you? Would you, nice would you one. <laughs> I already put that out, and um, we'll see what they say. Can you yeah. do that? Yeah, man. You, oh. Wait, was he? I don't know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Trains, there are some problems on London Midland services. There's a replacement bus between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. That's because of problems with the overhead lines, and that's likely to be the case until around 11 o'clock this morning. There's also 10-minute delays from Milton Keynes to London because of uh, engineering works going on at Belletchley. That's just possible delays. There's no problems showing up at the moment on the speed sensors on that line, uh, on the departure boards on that line. On the motorways, the M1 southbound's looking very slow on the speed sensors around Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road, and it's also looking quite busy on the North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. The A1 southbound has queues starting to build up from the Holiday Inn turning towards Stirling Corner. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.47. It's Wednesday, the uh, 4th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. The M1 reopened at around 8.30 last night in Bedfordshire following yesterday's lunchtime crash. 
So that's good news. A new research out today shows that the number of people facing homelessness rose to 280,000 last year. That's opposed to the government statistics of 52,000. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's another chilly start this morning. Some of us had maybe a dusting of snow last night. Places like Watford, for example, had a little tiny bit. Nothing too significant, though. But the temperature is around zero, so it's more of an ice risk this morning. If you did get any showers overnight, they're likely to freeze. And the Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place for snow and ice. Now, we have one or two showers just working their way through, but it looks like they're going to form more uh, wintry over higher ground. So places like the Chilterns, the Downs, to lower ground, they're more likely to be a bit of a sleety mix through the course of the day but the temperature's going to struggle. The northerly breeze putting pay to that, the maximum just four Celsius. Now, overnight tonight, it's a similar sort of night, actually. Staying quite breezy, though. One or two wintry showers possible, uh, but again, ice possibly developing by dawn. Minimum temperature minus one for tomorrow. Again, a similar day, some wintry showers. Um, one or two of those falling as snow, but some bright spells. And through the afternoon, a northeasterly breeze is going to pick up, and that is going to put pay to any kind of relief in the temperature. Five Celsius, the maximum. It's not going to feel that as the wind will make it feel a lot less and that's your forecast Three Counties Sport. It was a mixed bag of results for our teams last weekend. Stevens nil, Oxford two. And it's a third goal for Luton Town. And this weekend, we'll have four more live games for you. Watford at home to Blackburn, the Hornets who lost last week, but that was because of a very poor decision and a sending off. MK Dons against Bristol City. Big game this one, second versus first in the hunt for promotion to the Championship. Luton are away to Oxford. The Hatters are still going well and are hoping for automatic promotion. Stevenage at Mansfield, the Borough looking to get back to winning ways. Live commentary on your local team. Saturday from two here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, whoop-dee-doo. There's a sequel, or is it a prequel, I don't care, to one of the world's most boring books. No, don't say that. More than 50 years ago, she wrote one of the most treasured and boring American novels of all time. It's a beautiful book. But left it at that. Fans of Harper Lee, who is... um, She's related to my dad, and I can't remember the, the relationship. It's um, She's like a second cousin or something. She's not. Yeah, she is. Yeah, honestly. Fans of Harper Lee will be thrilled to hear that the reclusive author has finally decided to publish a second novel, and they'll be bringing, brimming with anticipation to learn it's the sequel of To Kill a Mockingbird. The only good thing about To Kill a Mockingbird is there is a punchline to a joke, which is To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. That's the only as good if, thing. As if the dodgy thing this morning yep. hadn't already damaged our relationship. Now you go and say that you don't like that book. Tequila Mockingbird. And then you do that. Yeah, I don't know what the feed line is. Make it, what's your own feed line to this joke? Tequila Mockingbird. And who is this uh, woman uh, saying? Kennedy. Okay. That book is beautiful. It's, it's a love letter to fatherhood. It's beautiful. I can't believe you don't like it. I'm not actually sure if I've read it or not. Yeah, well... I know I've read Catcher in the Rye, and that was boring. We all read that because we thought that it would give us some sort of secret to um, adolescence. It doesn't... No, I read it because I wanted to find out if it would, you know, it would inspire me to go and shoot uh, the pop star. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find out why Mark Chapman decided to shoot John Lennon after obsessing over that book. I'll tell you why. It was nuts. Yeah, well... Next question. You're having a good time in there. You're having a cheeky little giggle. You really make yourselves laugh, don't you? <laughs> I'm not laughing. 
<laughs> Look, is you still here, yeah? I'm just having my coffee. OK, mate. Now, when I said finish your coffee, I meant quickly. <laughs> uh, so... It's like minus five outside. I, well, <laughs> well, take the coffee with you, but just go... Take the coffee to the streets. Oh, I know what we were going to ask him about as well. Yeah. We've got a chap coming on later on who's really narked. Because someone... Not another one, not like yes, not the same no, not like yesterday. No, not like that. We're on his side this time. Oh, yeah. Um, he uh, had went out to his car that had been parked outside. Oh, yes! Parked, and someone ploughed into it and driven off! Hell yes! Now he's worried he's going to lose his job because he can't drive it anymore and the well, insurance won't pay off. When we talk to him, 10 to 7? Yeah. 10 to 8? 10 to 8. 7.50. He's got, I knew there was a 7 in there somewhere. Uh, and it's that thing. I, I think I told this story a while ago when I was parking my car about six months ago in a multi-storey. I scraped a car. And I had that, just that feeling of sickness. I scraped the car and I went and parked right on the other end of the car park. And I felt awful. I felt awful. I thought, oh, I just, I just can't. I'm having such bad so luck. So your first reaction was to bolt. Yeah, and I bolted. And I went. I got in the lift. I went up to work. And as I got to the top of the thing, I thought, oh man, I can't do it. So I got back in the lift. I wrote down and I was write, writing a note saying, I, I'd knock your car. I'm really sorry. This is my phone number. Give us a call. And hopefully we can sort it out. And as I got to the car, I saw the scratch. I thought, oh, flipping it. And I looked at the scratch. I lit my finger, I gave it a rub, and it, it came off. It was just a mark, and it came off. I could not have walked away from a scene like that happened to this poor gentleman whose car is, uh, has been severely damaged. Well, I mean, his is really... I mean, there was no denying that that car had been damaged. Yeah. It's awful, isn't it, this story? I mean, who? what kind of people do that, just, you know, drive off? And don't, say and don't go back. I think, you know, it's quite a, a human reaction to think, oh, get away, get away, and then... Most of us would turn around, wouldn't we? Most of us. But hands up, hands up, who would turn around in that situation? Me, yeah, so I would turn around. Catherine, Ian's Kelly, and I've up. got my arm. Yeah. Up. But Matt, Matt your Matt. hand is, is remained between your legs. Why is his hand between his legs? Because he's, he's, he's sitting on it. it. He's sitting on it. What happened to you, Matt? Mm, well, years ago, I was parked on a narrow street... There were cars either if you, side. If you speak near the microphone, that amplifies your voice. Right, there was cars either radio. side. So I sandwiched between the two cars. I misjudged how narrow the road was. Mm. I pulled out, and I knew it was going wrong, and, you know, scraped the side of the door. Quite badly, you were telling us yesterday. Yep, the other door. It's quite a nasty accident. There was a dent in the door as well. Big it was dent. dented, not just scratched. Gosh. And because I was... gouged the door. <sighs> Because I was a student at the time, didn't really have much money, wanted to protect my no claims bonus. I mean, these things come in, into consideration. No, no, they, do. they don't, mate. They, do they no, don't. They're overridden by. It cost, but I made me a, a fortune. Well, it come, but the poor, the poor old woman's car that you knocked into, and I'm going to assume she was a pensioner. How much would it have cost her? Well, a couple of thousand. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she would have had to have the two doors sprayed. The dent knocks out, possibly yeah. even a new door. But you went back, right? No. Would you... <gasps> this is a rare chance, dear listener, and we're going to play a song in a second. We've not even gotten to the sex education for kids. We'll do that a bit later on. Uh, would... This is a rare opportunity for you to castigate... Castigate... Um, a, someone who works at the BBC. 08-459-455-555. You've just heard Matt Lockwood's shameful story. Shameful story. What would you like to say to Mr Matthew Lockwood? 08-459-455-555. It's disgusting, isn't Talking it? Talking of castigation, did you see this morning? Oh, no, Catherine.
wish I knew you before Mrs. Black and White She's never seen a shade of grey Always something on her mind Every single day But now she's lost her services have a replacement bus between St Albans Abbey and Watford Junction. That's because of line pro- overhead line problems and that's expected to be the place in place until around 11 o'clock this morning. On the motorways, it's starting to get quite busy on the M1 Southbound around Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and the M25 anti-clockwise is starting to build up between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane that's been blocked between Junction 27 for the M11 and Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey because a lorry's broken down. And in Brickettwood on the North Albert Road, it's starting to get quite busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. On the A1 southbound, queues are starting to build up between the Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, do you want to play our fun game today? Yes. Okay, so this woman is saying the name of a celebrity. Kennedy. Can you name the name of the person that she's naming? Kennedy. Um, I know Kennedy. someone John. Sorry? John, I know someone called John Kennedy. You're saying John Kennedy. No, it's not John Kennedy. Good guess. Not good enough. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Buckinghamshire family criticise authorities as son joins Islamic fighters. Jordan executes jihadists. And M1 open again after eight-hour closure yesterday. BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. After converting to Islam, Thomas Evans from Wuban Green joined Al-Shabaab fighters in 2011. His mother Sally told MPs she didn't mind that he wanted to convert to Islam. I had no no reservations at all. Um, he'd been done one or two things that I wasn't proud of, so I was quite happy for him to follow Islam if that's what he wanted. And initially, he it was really good for him, but then slowly he started to drift down a path that wasn't right. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after a video emerged showing Islamic State extremists killing a Jordanian Air Force pilot by burning him alive in a cage. One of those hanged was an Iraqi woman whose release had been demanded by Islamic State as part of a prisoner exchange. The M1 reopened at around 8.30 last night in Bedfordshire following yesterday lunchtime's crash. A lorry went through the central reservation leading to an eight-hour closure between junctions 13 and 12. The drive suffered serious injuries. It took four hours to release him. He was taken to hospital with suspected broken legs. New research out today shows that the number of people facing homelessness rose to 280,000 last year, as opposed to government statistics of 52,000. The research, published jointly by Crisis and the Joseph Rowntree Foundation, argues that official figures are masking the true scale of the problem. Kevin Arscott is a former soldier who ended up homeless and living in Wendover Woods in Buckinghamshire. I've spent most of, you know, since coming out of the army trying to find myself. It's been really difficult. Being in the army, what you're used to, and then you come out and you know, you've got to restart your life again. You'd lost the family that you'd been with, do you know what I mean? All your mates were like your brothers. Hertfordshire Police say two people arrested on Monday afternoon after a serious collision in Hoddesdon will face no further action. A 28-year-old woman remains in a critical condition after the collision with a van in Stansted Road. A woman and a teenage girl were arrested. Researchers say half of all people in Britain will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lives. Cancer Research UK says this estimate replaces the previous forecast of more than a third getting the disease. Police are investigating after claims that drinks were spiked in pubs clubs in Dunstable on Saturday night. Four women separately contacted police to say they'd been unwell. In sport, Manchester United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 3-0 win over League 2 Cambridge in last night's replay at Old Trafford. The weather, another cold and icy start followed by a mixture of wintry showers with bright or sunny spells in between. A maximum temperature 5 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy We know it's not John Kennedy, so look, click, not close, cross that name off your list, that's the word. I'm getting that happen more and more often where um, I forget words and I use similar words, Mm. but incorrect words. Yes, you are. Thanks so much. 
What's on the show this morning, Catherine? Boring people at your table. <laughs> say boor- boring. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. boring people at your table. How would you deal with them? We let him carry on, should we have told him to jog on? 40 minutes. 40 minutes of fly fishing. <laughs> um, even the story about Eric Morecambe was quite boring. Do you know what, as well? We were really careful of his feelings. He was quite rude to me. He was a little... Yeah, I didn't know... <sighs> I wish I were more confident, stroke, more stupider, stroke, ruder. Uh, in the ra- on the radio, I could do it. Someone's boring, I say, right, you're off. In real life, I go, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, tell me some more about it, please. Yeah, you did, and you kept it. And then you said, oh, I'll have some more breakfast, so we were stuck there for an extra 20 minutes. 15 minutes into it, I thought, actually, I'm gonna, I know this is winding you up, so I'm going <laughs> to dive in. What gave you that idea, the kicking under the table? <laughs> so what would you do? There's a boring person sat at your table. Uh, do you tell or on the bus or at the bus stop or, or wherever? Do you uh, put up with them or do you put out with them? What? No. Uh, say you, you had a good one. Uh, do carry you on let them carry on, on or tell them to jog on? Carry on or jog on, okay. Okay, I'll wait for So there's that. Also, talking about carrying on or jogging on. Yep. Are we going to speak to a bloke in about an hour's time who went out to his car and realised that someone had ploughed into it in their car and driven off? Matt Lockwood did it. Matt Lockwood, and we've got an email about that. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. And can you guess who this lady is talking about? Kennedy. <laughs> Across beds, hearts, and not John Kennedy. This is, is BBC Counties Radio. Jill's emailed in, regular contributor to the show, Mrs Fry to uh, her pupils. It says a lot about a person who can't own up to his wrongdoings. He ran away from the scene. Talking about the subject is Matt Lockwood. He ran away from the scene of an accident, a driving offence, all negative. He's gone down severely in my estimations. He was never up in my estimation, so at least he's owned up on record now. On a lighter note, is the celeb... Kennedy. Yes, it is, Jill. Well done. You've got it right. Jade's also got it right. Well done. Well done, you guys. She's also reminding us, you know, whenever we talk about a specific place or person, they tend to meet... This is awful. So Paris, we're talking about Paris, the next day Charlie Hebdo attacks. We were talking about Dave D, Dozy Beak and Mick and Titch, the next day Dozy died. We were talking about Taiwan the other day, Taiwanosaurus Wex, and all the... Taiwan, one of those. Catastrophe Uh, in Taiwan. Catastrophe in Taiwan. So we've been reminded by Jade that we've also killed her giant bunny. On the Friday, we were talking about bringing her in for open door policy. Saturday, ex rabbit. Sorry about that. And um, we've also got this through um, from uh, well, it says Telly in to grow up. He should not be on the radio. He don't know how to talk to people. From Pam, why are you calling yourself Pam Shirley? Why are you calling yourself Pam Shirley? Why are you calling yourself Pam? Shirley? Shirley? Shirley, why are you calling yourself Pam? What do you mean? And would you say that again? Read it again. Telly in too. She's using um, text speak as well to throw us off because Shirley normally writes properly. Okay. Telly in to grow up, he should not be on the radio. He don't know how to talk to people from Pam. Shirley, why call yourself Pam? Pam? Are you Shirley or Pam? Shirley? I'm confused. Um, Ah, Rosie's on the line. Good morning, Rosie. Good morning. You want to play the mystery voice competition? This is a lady, a resident of Beds, Hearts, or indeed Bucks. She's talking about a very famous celebrity. But who is it? Have a listen. Kennedy. Do you need to hear it again? No, well, I don't think so. Well, d- d- well, do you? Well, not if that's who I think it is. Well, who do you think it is? I think it's someone that Justin was offering the chance to hear somebody or Kenny G to sing, and she went Kenny G like that. So you're, just just to so you're clarify, Elvis Costello. Your what? No, come on now. What is your answer? Kenny G. Let's have a little listen. Kenny G. Ladies and gentlemen, is that the right? <laughs> Answer! Yeah! You've got my long horn! 
Don't tell Jonathan I've got a horn. He'll get upset. It's longer than his. You've got my long horn. Oh. Rosie, and have I got this right? right? I think the accumulator was at £115,000. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, OK. OK, yeah. Rosie, we will send you a... Ch- we won't. You, you, the thing is, you it's, actually have to say we won't. It's spiritual cash. Yeah. So oh, prepare to oh, receive it now. Then. Rosie, uh, you get to choose... i tell you what you win. You get to choose what you come back as next time around. What would you like to come back as next time around? Um... Oh, God, I don't know. Kelly Betts. OK, there we go. That's that's creepy. Uh, so, uh, when Rosie's next incarnation, she'll come back as Kelly Betts. Kelly Betts, what would you like to come back as next time around? I'll come back as Rosie. We'll just do a straight-up I don't think you can... OK. Oh. Uh, I'd like to come back as a horse. You could. There wouldn't be much changing on the face part. I want to be that really ugly cat. Again, <laughs> not much changing on the... Or the name... Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's actually a brilliant prize. You get to choose what you come back as next time around. Right, anyway. Uh, a Buckinghamshire woman has uh, been telling MPs how her son ended up fighting for Islamists in Somalia. Sally Evans from Wubham Green told the Home Affairs Select Committee that there'd been a massive failure on the part of the UK authorities who allowed him to leave Britain. Mrs Evans said she'd rather see her son Thomas behind bars than fighting with a terror group. Well, Erin Marie Saltman is from the think tank the Institute for Strategic... I can't speak about this story today. Strategic Dialogue, and also gave evidence yesterday. Joins me now. Morning, Erin. Good morning. Uh, What did you tell the committee yesterday? Uh, Yesterday we talked about a range of topics to do with prevention strategy, both online and offline. What kind of of prevention strategies are there in place, and what should be done differently, do you think? Well, actually, currently the UK is quite far ahead of other European countries as far as trying to prevent radicalization. But with the new threat, with how many foreign fighters we've seen in the last few years with relation to Islamic State, we kind of have realized quite a few gaps that need to be filled. What what are those gaps? Where are they? There's a lot of tension about content online and how we should actually be countering online extremism. Uh, And there's also, it's evident that really we should probably build some prevention strategy into school systems so that young people are better able to, when they do receive extremist propaganda, know how to counter it. What, how does, I've I've never seen extremist propaganda, and do you know what, it's probably something I I should perhaps look into to have a bit of an awareness. What is it? What does it look like? Is it just horrible videos of, you know, people being killed? What is this extremist propaganda? Well, that that is part of it, and what we see a lot in the media is mostly the most horrible part of some of this Islamic State propaganda, but it's combined with a lot of very actually romanticized propaganda, trying to tell these people that this is a humanitarian cause, trying to tell them that they're helping build utopia, and very romantic notions about the, the group. So there's there's been a, a, a video uh, released yesterday of this this uh, this poor pilot who's been burnt to death and and some of the papers have got some pretty horrific photos. Would that encourage? Would would there be some people sat at home looking at that on their computers going, yes, this is this is what I would that be encouraging people to to, to join up to these these organisations? Well, that that kind of depends how far along somebody is right. in their radicalization process. For the most most people that see that sort of content, even if maybe they were interested in the movement, they would turn away from that because it's very gruesome and violent and horrible. But if you are further along being radicalized, if you believe in martyrdom and believe that it's all right to commit 
acts of murder on behalf of your views, then maybe that pushes you even further. And what's the, what's the strongest factor in, in, in someone decide, you know, fantasising about it at home and then going off and actually doing it? Is, is it politics or is it religion? It's probably more politics and propaganda than actual the fine details of religion. Mm. Although people justify it through this warped version of a religion, um, actually we found that most people that go over that are actually foreign fighters know very little about the Quran, for example, are not actually the ones that would be attending mosques regularly. They're probably ones that have come upon the religion more second-hand. There was a fellow the other day, wasn't there, who got stopped travelling abroad to join one of these groups, and in, in his rucksack he had um, uh, Islam for dummies or something, which kind of highlights that, that, that that wasn't his prime motive for going. Well, yes, and, and that makes sense when you think about it, because if you were going to mosque on a weekly basis, you'd be listening to a lot of preaching that would completely go against all sorts of things that ISIS are saying. We, could, we can't win this, though, this propaganda war, can we, Erin? Because there will always be um, the, the young men primarily, but also young women, who are, are, are disaffected by the country they live in, who uh, are, are, don't think politics speak to them, who maybe don't get on with their parents, who've got all these other issues. And if someone comes and says, look, if you, hey, you come over with us, we're going to look after you, we're going to love you, we're going to protect you, you'll be in a brotherhood, that's always going to seem attractive to some people, isn't it? Well, although that will always seem attractive, it's how many people that seems attractive to. And actually, if we can compare, for example, online extremism with something like hate speech or sexism or racism, there's a much healthier community where if, if somebody did come out with a racist comment, there's a, a large natural community online that would go against that and mm. stand up against it. And we're not currently seeing the same thing for extremism, but that's something that we can develop and grow. Erin, really interesting talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. Erin uh, Marie Saltman from uh, the Institute for Strategic Dialogue. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's, that's the phone number, folks. Had another text back. Thanks very much, um, Shirley. I don't know why you're calling yourself Pam still. So, She's saying, it's not Shirley, it's Pam. Thank you. You are like kids. Well, Shirley? Shirley, in 62 of your texts, you've been Shirley. In five, you've been Pam. In one, you've been Paula. In one, you've been Paul. And in one, you've been Jim. And there's a couple of question marks too. So when you've decided, can you let me know so I can Who are you? Notes? Who are you? As uh, the Who famously sang, what are, who are you? Shirley, it's surely, it's Shirley. It don't matter. I mean, you know, it don't matter. We've got a computer here that uh, we should warn you, although this may put people off texting, but we, we can see all of your old... Te- we can see your history of texts. Yeah, so... Um, you know, decide on a name and stick to it is the, is the key. I'm, I'm, uh, Prince Charles and I believe in homeopathy. Oh, been that's really very good. Uh, thank you. I've been practising my impressions. Have you? Who what else? else do you do? Name someone. Mike Yarwood. Well, that, that, you can't do an impressionist. That's like, that's like... this is me. No, you can't, mate. That's like painting invisible. You, you just, you just, it doesn't exist. There's nothing to latch on to. George Michael. <sighs> That's, I've never heard the man speak. Sorry. Oh, I've crashed my car. Oh, very good. Thank you. I'm sure it was very much like that. Oh, man, I crashed my car and I fell out the car on the motorway. Yeah. And I'm a Greek. No, I don't think he talks like oh, that. Oh, he does talk like that. He's at home with his mama. Anyone else? Yeah. Should I do an impression? Danny DeVito. So good. Thank you. Danny DeVito. You're doing an impression of George Michael now, Kels. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is blocked anti-clockwise between Junction 27 for the M11 and 26 for the Abbey. That's because of an accident and a fuel spillage. And it's causing delays back from Junction 28 for the A12. Anti-clockwise, it's also looking very slow between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 20 for Kings Langley. And the M1 southbound's very slow uh, between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. The A1 southbound's very busy between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Hat Roundabout. And on the trains, London Midland have a replacement bus between Watford Junction and St. Old Zabby, that's because of overhead line problems. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Can you prove any of this, Sammy? Well, I can see some cameras where it's The thing is, you, you, I just, I, you know, I think in, I'm, I'm, in an I age... I can't fly and physically look at the queue. In an age when we should be asking questions, we allow you every 15 minutes to come on the British Broadcasting Corporation and to tell us stuff, and we just sit here naively I going... I mm. send you a picture, if you like. You can do so much. You can do so much with computers these days. Yes, I, w- I would rather be in a plane flying around looking at it, but we can't do that kind of thing anymore. Mm. Computers took over the world. Okay, Sammy, I'm, I'm, d- please don't think me rude, but I'm just going to treat everything you say with a big bag of salt. Is that all right? Why? Seven seventeen. It's Wednesday, the fourth of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after a video emerged showing Islamic State extremists killing a Jordanian Air Force pilot. And a lorry driver suffered two broken legs in yesterday's lunchtime crash, which closed the M1 in Bedfordshire for eight hours. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hi. Now, if I'm not reading Islamic... Islamic. Oh, it turns out I can't even do it. I can't read the word, and I can say it, but I can't read it. Analyst. Can't, I can't read the word analyst. It doesn't come out like that. But I just can't read it. Um, and I obviously have struggle, struggles saying... Strubble. Strubble and, and trife saying Islamic. Isn't that... Um, Are we not saying Islamist? Islamic militants. You wouldn't say Islamist militants. Why? You'd say Islamic militants or they are Islamists. Why? Well, because, I don't know. Why is the sun called the sun? Just because it is. That's the way the language works. Islamic militants, Islamists. I think I struggle saying it because I'm just so disgusted by their behaviour. BBC Introducing. BBC Introducing will play any style of music going. We want to hear everything that is made in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Rock music, classical music, jazz music, produced music, beats and dance music. We are not exclusive of one music genre. It's good music being made in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. We want to hear it. BBC Introducing. The Beatles, The Stones, Gary Barlow, Adele, they were all once unknown and, and that's where we're finding the talent at that stage. BBC Introducing. Every week we will take you on a journey across every genre. You, you Every Saturday night from 8 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Apparently, I'm just hearing uh, in my ear that Jesus was also uh, unsigned and unknown. Um, um, Sorry? Is that real? He says every genre. I mean, Speed speed Garage, Happy Hardcore House House. Mm -hmm. Actually, yeah. Bum Fluff? I mean, do you play every genre? 
Play so, Shirley's texted in. We didn't again. play the song Shirley. in the background, though. Shirley. Dixieland. Shirley's. I think I'm detecting a little bit of hostility from hey. Shirley. Stroke Pam. Stroke, stroke John. Jim. Stroke Paul. Stroke Paula. Okay. She's busy. Your PC is, and then there's four asterisks. I don't know what that word is. Your PC is four asterisks. Bums. Then the three of you need to get off radio. Justin, do your job better than you. Justin's not even in this country. Give us a call. Um, uh, what's her name? Paul. Give us a call, Joel, and we will uh, we'll sort this out. And in we'll, the meantime, if our computer is bums, then we'll sort it out. Your um, texts are costing you money, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Just wanted to help you out there. 81333, start your text 3CR if you want to send us some more. Now, before Christmas, we told you an incredible story about how a woman had been spotted sleeping rough in Wendover Woods, and it seems she's not the first one to find shelter there. In an hour's time, we'll be talking to Kevin Arscott, a former Grenadier guardsman who lived there for four months last year. Well, he's managed to get back on his feet and uh, is now working for Charlie Ford, who joins you on the line now. Morning, Charlie. Good morning. So tell us about Kevin. How did you find out that, uh, about him and that he'd uh, been having a bit of a rough time? Um, he goes to the same church as I do, uh, Vineyard in Aylesbury. Um, and a few people there were saying that um, there was this guy who needed work. Um, I was really busy at the time. And uh, I sort of asked him if he was interested in he sort of come on board from there. What do you do, Charlie? What's your business? I'm a, I'm a carpenter. Um, I do general building as well. I have uh, four guys working for me now. So, yeah, it's going well. And did you know... Uh, did, did you know that, uh, Kevin... Um, did, did you know anything about him, his background at all? Uh, I didn't know the full story. I knew that he was um, an ex-soldier. Um, but I didn't know anything about him sleeping rough or anything. It was just literally the guys from the church sort of mentioned it to me that he needed some uh, casual work. Um, it started off casual and then found he was he was a work, good worker, hard worker, and um, took him on full time. And now we're sort of going to put him through an apprenticeship. So, yeah, good. Well, no, good. I think is an understatement, Charlie. It sounds like a fantastic, uh, fantastic story. D- d- does he talk much about? I mean, we're going to be speaking to him later on, so we'll, we'll get it from him as well. But I mean, have you sat down and had the conversation with him about how yes. he, he ended yes. up in that position? Yes, I have. Um, I, I'm not. I don't sort of. Um, Try or sort of dig dig for things, but yeah, he, he opened up um, a couple of weeks a couple of weeks after them working for me. Um, and at Christmas, he spent Christmas Day with us because uh, we sort of bonded now, sort of become sort of friends more than boss and sort of yeah. employee, you know. So yeah. So he spent Christmas Day with you and your family. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a remark. Is there any part of you, Charlie? Because I know there'll be some people listening who would would. would <sighs> Who would be a little bit suspicious? Do you, do you know what I mean? Of someone who had spent four months homeless, who might think, yeah. oh, I don't know if I really want to take a chance on them. Was there any part of you that thought, oh, this is a bit of a punt? No, not really. Um, I've had my hands burnt before by people I've taken on, but um, Kev seemed down to work straight away. Um, and like I say, he came on, worked hard. Um, I sort of said to him, what are you doing for Christmas? And he said, oh, I'm doing nothing. And my wife said, well, I'm not having him spending Christmas on his own. I think that's probably our faith, you know, our Christianity, you know, um, sort of come out there. Um, and, and that's where it went, really. came around and my kids love him. Um, the little one, she's, she calls him Uncle Kev, so, you know, it's, uh, it's sort of one of the good friendship. And he's so. a good worker, is he? Oh, very good. Yeah, very good. Hey, Charlie, can I, you're a carpenter. Can I just go on a slight tangent? Can you build stairs? 
Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, a couple of years ago, we were getting a loft conversion done, and I'd never considered stairs. Okay, I never right, considered yeah. how difficult and intricate stairs are. <laughs> it's, it just it just seems like a, like magic to me that someone could make a set of stairs. No, it's pretty easy. Is it easy? Yeah, it's not that hard. Oh, OK. Well, uh, thank you for indulging me, Charlie. But honestly, once you get into the world of stairs, you go to stair shops and stair magazines, and you got... It's very... Anyway, Charlie, excellent stuff. Thank you. We'll be speaking to uh, Kevin a little bit later on in the show and finding out just, you know, how it went wrong and then how it turned right again. But a nice uh, optimistic story of hope. There. It's nice, isn't yeah. it? We don't do nice. We get told off for not doing nice stories. Well, often there's enough. one. There's your lot. There's one. Do, I, do you know what though? What's what, what that, what's annoying me about that? I really fancy a Christmas dinner now. Mm. All the talk of coming around for Christmas. It just made me think. Oh, where d- d- where are we? We're like five, six weeks after Christmas dinner, and I'm just kind of ripe for a bit of turkey and roast roast buds. You can have it again. There's no rule, <sighs> mate. I, I, you have to wear the hat. It just doesn't feel right, though. Doesn't feel right. My boys, it was, because it's been birthdays recently, they're, they're always wearing party hats now. We've got loads of party hats in the house. We're just wearing party hats for S and Gs. Sorry? Bring them in. No, I can't, mate. One of them goes to school and the other one's annoying. Mm. Bring the hats in. Oh, eight four five nine four double five. That's some more Texas. Yeah, go on, from uh, Shirley. Well, yeah, one. I get my text for free. Thank you. Goodbye. Do you promise? Well, uh, do you get your text for free if you send it eight one? Anyway, good luck. But what, I just under, why would you use a different name? No matter. She's got one um, name for being nice and one name for being rude, I think. Okay, well, that's uh, that's, that's okay. Her, that's we all her, have that. That's her prerogative. Morning. I love the show. Don't worry about what anyone else oh, thinks, says Dave from Bedford, who's actually Elliot from Bath. <laughs> and uh, Shirley. I love you, Ian Lee and Co. from Shirley's other personality and other phone. My friends call me Sam, but I'm Shirley's alter ego, I promise. Wow. Well, okay, let's leave Shirley alone now, or Pam, or Jim, or uh, Paula. Uh, so, Lego is still the number one toy of the whole is wide... Is it a toy? It's an annoyance. My boys, um, um, they, they, love, they love Lego, right? And I, don't, I never got Lego. All I would do with Lego was build really tall towers and then push them over. Do you know what would annoy me about Lego? Yeah. You build a nice house, you put the roof on, that last roof brick would always pop through and you'd end up having to take the whole thing off. Well, my boys get Lego and they want to do it properly, so they want to build their motorbikes or their... Uh, how do they even know about Star Wars? They're five and they're three. And they'll get the box and they'll say, Daddy, can you make this? I go... No. Of course you can, the instructions are in there. No, I, even with the instructions, I can't do it, and I hate doing it. I, I'd actually rather have um, uh, uh, lit matches underneath my fingernails. I hate it. Oh, no, I love it. Lit matches put, under your fingernails. Um, I used to put Lego in my shoes to make me look taller for school. But that's the hardest thing on, known to man under your foot? Yeah, it hurts. And they would say, Daddy, please, can you... I said, no, I can't do it. Why, why not? Because I just can't do it. Give me the box, I'll do it. Well, their mum loves it, their mum does it, and their mum does one of those kind of, no, du- no, no, you've yeah, done it wrong, give it to me. me, I'll do it. She does that. That's me. I hate Lego. Number two, Monopoly. What? Hey, there was That's a... Not a toy. There was a girl on Radio 4 the other day talking um, about how she got seriously in debt with credit cards. And she was putting all the blame on the credit card company. Of course it's their fault. We, we should not take personal responsibility. Her name, I can't remember her first name, so I'm going to make one up. Sally Monopoly. Yes. Sally Monopoly. Wow. Well, her surname was actually Monopoly. That bit was true. Wow. Yeah. Otherwise, why would I? That's well, not a story. Wait. Sally Monopoly. Hate Monopoly. No one plays it properly. No one plays it properly. There's a rule, and I forget. Even I've forgotten the rule now. But there's a rule that would end the game days earlier. But no one, no one follows it. Number three is Action Man. 
We just used to use the houses as markers. We didn't even buy the houses or hotels. I always liked to be the car. Did you? I like, I like to be being, the hat. I like the Scotty dog. Well, in that case, we're sorted. We could have all played together. Scare electric is boring. Because once you realise they just go around in a figure well, of eight... I could never keep mine on the track. And yes, I did have a scare electric. You guys are really putting a downer on my childhood. And also people call it scare electrics. Mm. It's not electrics. It's scare electric. Mm. So, Beautio, boring. No, that's fun. It's not, mate. It's it flick is. football. Yes. Yeah, you just sat there flicking away for hours with you your mates. Flicking away with my mates. It's boring. It's rubbish. I remember I went around to my friend Malcolm Richmond's house. Oh, yeah. How's he? He's all right. And uh, it, we played some beauty, and I was really excited. And, and like minutes into it, I thought, just, I've just stood here flicking away, and it's rubbish. It's, it is rubbish. And if you step on those little men, they're ruined. Uh, Rubik's Cube. Boring. Boring. Just take the stickers off. Star Wars toys. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I did that. Oh. Or I used to that's prize. Longer. Surely used... that's longer. No, it's cleverer. It's... Or I used to prize the um, uh, the, blocks out. the blocks out. Yeah. Then it then it's a bit wobbly. It's, all, it's just pattern, isn't it? Sorry. It's all to do with pat- the pattern. Just say that what you said again. It's just pattern, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's maths pattern. It's boring. Yes. It's maths. It's, it's they're trying to make maths fun, and it ain't kids. No. No. It can be. Number six. Uh, number seven. Are these, okay. Star Wars toys. These are all rubbish. Where's Xbox? I found the Princess Leia. They, they didn't make them very pretty, did they? Um, she had the same width head as the men. Barbie. Matchbox, matchbox cars. Matchbox car. And number the number 10, top 10 toy, is playing cards. What? Is this the 1800s? These are the most rubbish toys I've ever heard. Where's Xbox? Although, fair play, Uno. I like Uno. Uno. I got you into that, didn't I? Yeah. You, you we almost got, didn't get off the train because we were playing Uno. Yeah, yeah, we got, mm. we got a bit of trouble with that. I like Blackjack. Don't think you're allowed to call him that anymore. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, two lanes are closed between Junction 27 for the M11 and 26 for Waltham Abbey because of an accident and a fuel spillage, so that's causing around 20 minute delays. On the A1M southbound, it's looking very busy between Junction 3 for St Albans and 1 for the M25. And on the M1 southbound, there are queues building up between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. On the A1 southbound, there are queues also building up between the St Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. And in Hitchin, there are delays on the A505 Mormead Hill between uh, Rotten Road West and Purton Road. That's because of the roadworks that are in place there. On the trains, there's a replacement bus running between St Albans Abbey and Watford Junction. That's because of overhead line problems. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. After converting to Islam, Thomas Evans from Wuban Green joined Al-Shabaab fighters in 2011. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after a video emerged showing Islamic State extremists killing a Jordanian Air Force pilot by burning him alive in a cage. And the M1 reopened at around 8.30 last night in Bedfordshire following yesterday lunchtime's crash. A lorry driver suffered two broken legs in the crash which closed the motorway for eight hours. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Manchester United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 3-0 win over League 2 Cambridge in last night's replay at Old Trafford. Here's the Cambridge manager, Richard Money. Our organisation was good and couldn't fault them for, for, for work ethic and, and, and all of that, but just a little bit loose with the ball in the first half. Second half, we said at half-time, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get battered, you know? So come out and show everybody what you can do and I thought we played well second half you know disappointing that we lost the second half to be honest and Manchester United will now be away to Preston who won 3-1 at Sheffield United also last night Sunderland won 3-1 at Fulham to earn a trip to Bradford tonight Liverpool are away to Bolton in their fourth round replay in Conference South last night Hemel Hempstead were 3-0 up against Wealdstone with three goals in the first 13 minutes but the game was abandoned at half time due to a frozen pitch Luton's home game with Wickham in March has been moved for live television coverage. The game will now take place on Tuesday the 24th instead of Saturday the 21st. Hatters Andy Drury and Wickham keeper Matt Ingram have been nominated for the League Two Player of the Month award for January and the former Luton player Ken Hawkes who played for the club in the 1959 FA Cup final has died at the age of 81. Teenage striker Kishi Anderson has been telling BBC Three Counties of his shock at a deadline day move from Barton Rovers to Crystal Palace. The 19-year-old scored on his debut for Palace's development squad yesterday. To be honest I didn't believe it myself. Like at first, it was only like League Two teams coming in, like and wanting me to come in, like and putting bids in, kind of thing. And like, then it stepped up. League One teams were looking Championship, and, and for Palace to be coming in for like such a player at such a low league, it was just I don't know to be honest. I can't even explain it. The former Tottenham boss Tim Sherwood is the early favourite to succeed Harry Redknapp as manager of Queen's Park Rangers and in Rugby England will name their team today for Friday night's Six Nations opener in Wales. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
there's no more fanny. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to. They're give making us a, film. a film out of that. Well, no more fanny. I've fire seen away it. tree. Oh, the fire away tree. Hey, I, I started. I watched uh, a really rubbish film yesterday. I've discovered that I like watching films, and so I watched a film that I would never have normally watched, but it was on uh, Amazon. And now that Amazon have got rid of all the good films. Mm. Uh, I've started watching the rubbish films. And I watched the film because it's got Mark Ruffalo in, who I would totally... He's gorgeous. I think he's so dreamy. Tiny, he's a wee fella. He's a little bit shorter than Kelly. Who cares? Who cares? I would stand in a trench for Mark Ruffalo. I think he's... Oh. And his head's slightly too big, but I still love it. I love his hair and his teeth. His lips. And his stubble. Have you seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yeah, sure. You see his spotless white, tighty whities so I watched this film because it had Mark Ruffalo in it called Now You See Me. Oh, yeah. Now you, mm-hmm. now you don't. Now you see it. You can see it now. You can, the doctor will see you now. Hello, is anyone there? Yes. I can see it. This, uh, what would you like? I don't know what it's called. It's about magic. Out of sight. That's it, out of mind. It's called Out of Mind. It's called I'm Out of My Mind. It's called She's Out of Control. What's the point in this really boring story anyway? You've got mail. It's called You've Got Mail. No, it's called, uh, she's a female, and you can't see her. Sorry, she's busy. Part two on the rocks. Mark Ruffalo. It's the Mark Ruffalo story. (laughs) Don't be silly. Everyone knows there's no such thing as a Mark Ruffalo. You get that? Yeah, didn't you know? Didn't you know? It's a joke for mums and dads. Boys and girls. He has beautiful teeth. Ladles and jelly spoons. Please, would you welcome to the stage Mr Mark Ruffalo. Mark, what was that film that you were in about magic? Now you see me, now you don't. Oh, I would see you. I thought it was called She's Got Females. Working for her. Anyway. So I was it good it. then? No, it was rubbish. But I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. It's a little bit of fantasy for just under two hours. It's yeah, Mark, Ra- Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Radcliffe and Mark Ruffalo together. All explosive! Radcliffe and Ruffalo uh, on the road in search of the Gruffalo and the Radcliffe. Call in. Radcliffe. Oh, flipping heck. Radcliffe, Ruffalo and Radcliffe. It's a detective agency starring Mark Radcliffe, uh, Mark Ruffalo and Paula Radcliffe. One is, knows if the crime is around music, one knows about it. If the crime is around movies or America, that's their specialist subject. And if, if, the, uh, if the specialist subject is, is running or doing a poo in the street, that's Paula Radcliffe's. Together, they are, can solve music-based American pooing crimes. <laughs> I would watch Anyway, that. so, um, this movie, this, this groovy movie... Can we not? Oh, I made myself laugh with that. I mean, it's a bit early. Tem- you know. Not well. You say early. What about this morning yesterday? What about? I was going to say about that. Philip Schofield and whoever's doing it now. Oh. Gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. You gotta have faith, the faith, the, the faith. One with the teeth in the Baby, face. Baby, taking a tumble. She's called. Lady Mandela. Winnie Mandela. No. Lady Blacksmith Mambazo. No. Lady with a massive mouth. Oh, um, Cheech Chong. You know, her. Okay. Off the telly. Anyway, they were, they were watching two people having a romp. All right, and just, just we're going to discuss adult themes here. They were doing B O N D A G E S. Tickling stick they had. It was incredible. Now, I've only seen the pictures. And I've, I, uh, the male is furious about it. Well, the male is so furious, they've reprinted the pictures. With the um, uh, caption underneath. Inappropriate. Yeah, it's, I mean, but seriously, 
what were they what were they thinking? I mean, it is outrageous behaviour. I behavior. know exactly what they were thinking. Anyway, this film was rubbish, but it was quite good. It involved magic. Right. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've got a magic set if you'd like to have a go of it. No, because it turns out magic is really, really hard. It's not just saying magic words and waving your hands. You've actually got to be quite skilled. I'm quite skilled. You've got to be quite dexterous. I can produce um, things Kids. from what appears to be an empty bag. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. Do you get it, Kath? She gets it a lot. She's got two kids. Day, day, day. A red card. That was a red card. So, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Have you seen that film? Have you seen that film? Anyway, then I started watching another film. Has he got Ruffalo in it? No, he's got Jude Law in it. I don't like oh, Jude no, Law. I don't. I he's not a good actor. Spiky. I think he's in. Um, you can see him, uh, as someone who studied uh, uh, the theatre on acting on performance. There are some actors you can see them act. Mark Ruffalo, you cannot see him acting. Woody Harrelson was in it. You cannot see him acting. There was another fella in it I like. You couldn't see Isla Fisher was in it. You could see her acting. Yeah. Jude Law, you can see him acting. You can just see it. You can see him going, right, well, I've... You can imagine him at home with the is marker he, pen highlighting his lines and is, counting up the words to see he, who's got the most words. Is he mouthing the words when someone else is talking? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I love watching the, the backgrounds, people. Oh, yeah? In films. OK. I like to watch them really try... They really want the, the bigger part, and they just haven't okay. quite got there. That's a great story. It's better than yours. It's, it's just told for about seven minutes. I've not even got to it yet. Exactly. I'm warming up. Go on. Jude Law. Anyway, and this, I, but I do think he's in some good films, although his, his acting is rubbish. This film I was watching last night with Jude Law, basically, uh, halfway through it. I'm not going to say what film it is, because someone will ruin it for me. But it's actually, it's quite a good, quite, it's quite a good film. It's about robots. Oh, Yeah. Well, it's called artificial intelligence. That gives you a clue. Well, A, I'm not watching that. B, where did you get... The, I've not said artificial intelligence. If it's about robots with Jude Law in it's it. It's not got robots in it. I was lying. Oh. Gosh, that's me. Completely duped. Do you think they know that we're filling? Shirley does. Oh, wait. Where's Lockers? We sent them out on two jobs, and I've not got a coffee now. I know. We've got that box we could play that Lockers did. I don't, we're, not no, having I wouldn't. Th- we're not having three hits of Vockers. Of Vockers. <laughs> Lockers. <laughs> Wow. That was close. Not as close as you last week when you actually said it. <laughs> no, I never. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, That's four, in the podcast, five, by five, the way. Five, five, it's not, because it. I never said it. <laughs> you, you be the judge of that. More and more Britons. Why are, they, why are we Britons and not Britons? Don't know. I've because we are covered in woad and romping through the countryside, chasing off Saxons. Bleakly. Yes. No, I mean, we're doing it bleakly. No, but it was her. Oh, that's a coincidence. Watching. Gratitude is becoming a forgotten virtue. You're welcome. Thanks. Good one, Kath. Well, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Yeah, it does. With most people failing to show appreciation for what they have, eight out of ten of those who took part in the study said there was not enough appreciation for the lifestyle and freedom that Britons uh, enjoys. Three quarters felt... Sus- what is this rubbish? Who asks... No one asks me on these things. It, well, there's the Jubilee Centre for Character and Virtues. Uh, I'm not on their mailing list. Three quarters felt society should put more emphasis on both feeling and expressing gratitude. Uh-oh. I've just seen Matt Lockwood walk past. I hope he doesn't come in here. Please don't make him come in here. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, here, we here we go. <clears throat> Did, um... Da-da-da! Oh, OK. We're on the air, mate. Okay. 
Go on. Are you going to... Are you finished? The survey of 10,000 people found that half experienced ungrateful behaviour in the workplace. Yeah, yeah don't I? Every yeah. day. Yeah. Every single day, I brighten your lives and all you do is um, derise me. Hi. I thought you liked being derided. Hi. Depends who's doing deriding. Are we, is this still, are we still going out on the air? Is everyone, I think I've had a notification sw- on the Twitter. Yeah, go on. About Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. I think we need to... I'm going to set an alert. Can we get Mark, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo on the show? Yeah. Can we? Yeah. OK. Mark Ruffalo... You spelt this wrong, Tim. Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk. No, he's a hunk. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't he? He's so he's good. So he's so And he's replaced... My previous uh, Hollywood male film crush was Ryan Reynolds. Well, I was quite partial to a bit of Clooney, but now everyone fancies It doesn't count because he's a man and you're a woman. Matt, who's... My male uh, Hollywood crush used to be um, um, Ryan Reynolds. It's now Mark Ruffalo. Who's your male Hollywood crush? Uh, what's his name? Matt Damon. Oh, no. Bit, bit obvious, there. mate. Bit obvious. It's all right. Well, I'd say, uh, what's his face is more obvious. I don't think it's that obvious, really. Okay, you're going to go with Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. Oh, do you know who I like? Yeah, yeah go on. Um, female wise. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Meg Ryan. No. Gina uh, G. No. Trini Lopez. No. She's got a brother. Oh, um. Oh, uh. G. Maggie Gillenhall. Oh, uh. Kate Robbins. No. Gyllenhaal. Well, I could get Kate Robbins on the show if that would, if you'd I like. I've got a number in my mobile. Well, that, that makes it really, really creepy. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise has delays from junction 26 Waltham Abbey to 27 for the M11 because of an accident involving two vehicles and there's a fuel spillage as well which is causing some problems. The M25 anti-clockwise is queues also between junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4 and on the A1M southbound that's looking very busy on the cameras between junction 3 for St Albans and 1 for the M25. On the In Hitchin on Mormead Hill there are delays between Person Road and Watton Road West through the roadworks and in High Wycombe on the A40 London Road that's looking very busy on the speed sensors through uh, the centre of High Wycombe. On the trains, London Midland services have a replacement bus between St Albans Abbey and Watford Junction. That's expected to be in place until around 11 o'clock this morning. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. 7.46, Wednesday, the 4th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after a video emerged showing IS extremists killing a Jordanian Air Force pilot by burning him. And a lorry driver suffered two broken legs in yesterday's lunchtime's crash, which closed the M1 in Bedfordshire for eight hours. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a chilly start across all three counties. Temperatures at the moment ranging between zero and one. So things starting to uh, I'm going to say warm up, I don't really mean warm it's still very cold but they are above zero one or two showers, had one or two snow showers overnight for some places, still have one or two this morning as well but they're unlikely to fall as snow really uh, post now I'd say as the temperature will be that little bit milder, so some sleety wintry showers throughout the day it is going to feel cold though in the northerly breeze the maximum temperature struggles up to just four or five Celsius, overnight it's a similar night, could see one or two showers 
work their way towards us, especially over higher ground, they could fall as snow. Minimum temperature down to minus one, so an ice risk tomorrow morning. And for tomorrow, it's a similar start to the day. We have one or two bright spells, some wintry showers, but a northeasterly breeze is really going to pick up tomorrow afternoon, so it really will feel very cold. If we're looking at Met Office weather, weather warnings, we have a yellow one in force this morning for snow and ice. Like I said, though, not so much in the way of snow perhaps today, but there is an ice risk out on untreated roads and surfaces this morning. That's your forecast. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Well, no, you're from. Uh, you can give it. Give me your opinion for someone from the British Parking Association. Is it unfair? Well, there are so many different instances that. Okay, here's an instance. Before then, in this part of the programme, I'm going to meet Sam Ackerman. Now she's from High Wycombe. And at her heaviest, she weighed 21 stone. Yeah, I just, I think I had everyone around me just, just love me enough to, to accept the way I was. But there is a way you can hear it all again. And I used to have to put up with the house band who couldn't read my music very well and doing a lot of songs I didn't particularly want to sing anyway. But the question is, Elkie Brooks, do you still do bar mitzvahs? bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Now, if you want to stay married or keep your relationship alive, should you avoid Facebook? Allowing you to listen to what you missed bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio well at last someone was uh, irritated enough by the last 15 minutes of all filler no killer to call in it's penny morning penny hello how are you today you're right yeah i'm good thank you it's how co- are you i'm cold isn't it cold today yeah it so is. i'm gonna put my scarf on it was get- getting at what time do you get up in the morning penny uh, half six Blimey, you've got it easy. 3.57, my alarm goes off, and it goes off because I've worked out mathematically that my f- I can have a five-minute snooze, get up at f- two minutes past four, and I can come into work, and I'll be in time for work. But, man alive, getting out of bed at four o'clock this morning, Penny, it was freezing! It was. Freezing! What have you got for us, Penny? Um, well, my dad fits you on the radio every single morning, oh. but I don't actually know what you're talking about. Whatever. No, not really. Oh, well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You don't. Uh, you, you. So uh, that's good. N- well, well, this morning it's good. Shall we say it's been a little. How old are you, Penny? Twenty-seven. Uh, no, I'm fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Wrong, Penny. And your dad listens. And does your dad? Does your dad chuckling away to it when he's listening? Yeah. Okay. And you don't understand any of it. No. Few. But what? I, well, give me some an example of something we've said that you don't understand, because this is confusing me. I'm sure, it's, it's kind of quite logical to me. Jude Law. You don't know who Jude Law is, or what? No. Okay, all right. No. So you you don't need to know Jude Law because he's rubbish. But you must know Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> don't cry. Um, don't cry. I'm, I'm, not not having a go. I'm not having a go, Penny. I'm not crying. You should be a little bit, because if you don't know who Mark Ruffalo is, then what the hell are they teaching you at school? Leave it to me. I can speak Penny's language. Go on, then. You know Harry Styles? Yeah. He's like Harry Styles, but even more dreamy. Oh, OK. There you go. Happy to help. Would you, I'll tell you what, right, listen, okay, you're right, and this is, you point out an interesting thing here, we should be playing more to the younger audience, OK? What kind of music are you into, uh, Penny? Um, all time low, for that boy. <laughs> All, t- all time low. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, don't want to, I didn't ask you how you were feeling, my love. I just asked what kind of music <laughs> you're into. Yeah. Okay. All, all time. That's a bad pop group, is it? Yeah. All right. Hang on. What song? What's your favourite song of theirs? Um. 
really know. Just pick one. Just pick one, Penny. We're here uh, until nine o'clock. Sick little games. What? Sick little games. Sick. Oh God, is that safe to play on the radio? If your dad's <laughs> listening, he should be stopping you from listening to this stuff. It sounds. I like tell you thing. what. We're, I t- all right, listen. Okay. Do you, tell you what. To, to appeal to the youngsters, the fourteen-year-olds, uh, the, the teenagers, the future, as I like to call them. Penny, we're going to play that song. I've got it queued up. You introduce it. Away you go. Okay. <laughs> Here's all time high with sick little games. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh no, oh no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh gee, oh gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh fiddle, oh fiddle. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Turns out they're not bad, that band, are they, Kath? The, the falling out of love with the bad little boy? That's not a bad band. They're good. I enjoyed that. Excellent. I think they've got a future. Excellent. Well, I, w- I wish them the very best luck, Penny. Excellent stuff indeed. Thank you for um, uh, having a dad that um, has no taste whatsoever. The best ones don't. Now, a Watford man fears he may lose his job as the result of another motorist's carelessness. We mentioned this earlier on in the show. Alan Little's car was parked up when someone hit it and drove off. Well, it's in a bit of a state. Alan's on the line now. Morning, Alan. Good morning. Tell us, tell us what happened. <clears throat> well, on the um, the twentieth, uh, just finished work at five thirty. Just came out to my car as normal. Turned round, looked at the doors, the wings, the headlights, all smashed to pieces. Blimey! That must have been quite a shock. It was. I was actually quite speechless. I, I didn't say anything. Um, I just went across to my boss, who was just leaving, and said, we've got a problem. And um, he couldn't believe it. And someone just briskly just drove off, didn't leave any details. And, and did, 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 no, were there any witnesses or anything to this? No, this, well, luckily now um, a friend of mine works up the road in a security firm called Security, security Solutions. They actually, luckily, had CCTV. Uh-huh. And it actually happened at 9.15 in the morning. <laughs> Blimey. Not at night time, so... So they... OK, so, and so they, they... what Did they capture the accident, or did they capture the car driving away? Both. Oh! That must be a little bit of a relief. It is in some respects. We haven't actually got a registration number, but the company across the road, um, Vending Express, has got... It actually come from that building, so <clears throat> we, we can narrow it down now to this this company. So oh, okay. they're, okay. their life's in my hands, basically. Okay, and uh, do, do you know what, what type of car it was? It was a lorry. It was a 17-ton oh, lorry. man alive. And they didn't leave a note or anything like that? Because that's, you know, I, we, we've discussed this kind of moral dilemma, uh, and uh, uh, most people here would, would get out of the car and leave a note with their details on. They didn't do that. Not at all. He actually reversed for a brief second and just floored it, basically, and drove out the estate. Man alive. Well, OK, so you're talking to this company. I, I, do you think you're going to get a resolution to this, Alan? Well, as I said, it's all down to them now. Um, there's nothing else we can do. The police obviously said the same. Until we've got a name of a company, obviously we, we can then double-check his delivery sheet and he'll have a signature and a name of the company. OK. And uh, this, this car is, is, is really important for your job, isn't it? Well... 
it's the only car I've got, and uh, as I said, I really shouldn't even be driving it. Alan, listen, I wish you the best of luck. Um, let us know how you get on, won't you? Because I, I, I'm hoping that this will have a happy resolution. Hopefully. Alan, said, uh, listen, thank you very much indeed for your time. 08459 555555. The worst thing that happened to me, looked out the car, looked out the window of my flat one day, and I saw my car parked on the side, written off. <gasps> written off, and the police were clearing things up and getting into their car and driving off. And I ran and I said, Oi! That's my car. What's going on? They said, "Oh, the drunk driver smashed into it." <gasps> right? They didn't think to knock the door. No, they did, did, no, they didn't. Okay, so just written off. Took it into a garage. It wasn't written off. Actually. It was really bad. The, the side, the door, anything was smashed. Took it into a garage. They gave me a hire car. Parked hire car in the same place. The roof blew off the block of flats opposite and and wrote the car and fell on the car, crushed the car. I swear to God that is true. The most annoying thing. And do you know what? If Matt Lockwood had been one of those people responsible for that roof or for that car, you'd have driven away, Matt. Perhaps. It's an awful, awful situation for Alan this morning. Um, these people are a disgrace, aren't they, really? Well, you are these people, Matt. You've done this. I know. When I heard this, I uh, thought I, I must confess to something I did a, a while back in my past. I'm not proud of it. But I was sandwiched between two cars. It was a narrow, narrow street. I must emphasise the word narrow. There were cars parked on either side. I pulled out and uh, misjudged the angle and uh, yep, scraped a car. And you drove off? Yep, drove off. Left no, no- note. Um, I wanted to protect my uh, no claims discount. You've taken this to the street, Matt. I have. I went to the streets. I wanted to purge myself. I wanted people to say, you know, you're a bad boy. Here's what happened. I want to confess something to you this morning. Yeah. Um, I said. <laughs> I feel guilty. I scraped somebody's car and then just drove off. I do. That's not good. I've had that done to me. But luckily, the person that did it to me did leave a note. And she did leave the right number. So I got my car fixed. Given your personal experience... What do you want to say to me? Well, at least you feel guilty now. Not much you can do about it. Do you think so, I'm a disgrace? You don't look a disgrace. Do you think I'm a bad human being? Probably at the time, you poor. I've got a confession. I want to get it off my chest. Are you prepared to listen to me this morning while you're smoking your cigarette? So many years ago, I was sandwiched between two cars, pulled out... Not thinking about the space. And I scraped the car, caused a right mess, and drove off. Did not leave a note. What, what do you want me to say? You should, you should have left a note. I don't think you're a bad human being, no. I don't think there is bad human beings. I just think it was a bit inappropriate. You should have just left a note. I think everybody makes mistakes. Has yeah. it happened to you before? Mm, not that situation, but... Yeah, everybody's got skeletons in the closet they don't really want to talk about. Have you got any skeletons? Anything you want to confess? Perhaps you've murdered somebody? (laughs) Perhaps you've cheated on your wife? No, no. No? No. No. Perhaps you've stolen something from a shop? No, no. I don't know where you're going with this. (laughs) Perhaps you've um, lied to your children? (laughs) No, definitely not, no. What do you want to say to me? You should have at least left a note to apologise. And it wouldn't have been quite so bad. Make me feel bad. Make me feel worse than I actually feel. Call me names. Go on. Go on. I need to purge myself. An embarrassment to the rest of the road users. An absolute disgrace. This is good. Keep it going. (laughs) Keep it going. Keep it going. I can't think of anything else. (laughs) That'll have to do. And that's how to get a smack in the face on the streets. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are some problems on the M25. Anti-clockwise are accused building up between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. And also anti-clockwise between Junction 28 for the Brook Street Roundabout and 26 for Waltham Abbey. There are 10 mile queues building up after an accident and a fuel spillage in the road. On the A1M southbound, it's looking very heavy around Junction 3 for St Albans to Junction 1 for the M25. And the M1 southbound also looking very busy between Junction 12 for Flittig and 9 for Redbourne. On the A421 standing way in Milton Keynes, that looking very slow on the speed sensors around the Kingston roundabout with the roadworks there. Samantha Breath, BBC oh, County yeah, Radio. Listen, when that, no, listen, if that, when that goes off, and I muffed up the timings there, Sammy, you've got another 18 seconds to squeeze stuff in. Really? Even though it's exactly 8 o'clock? Well, it's not. We're, look, we're late now. We, we haven't got any time now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry? Yeah. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Buckinghamshire family's anger as son fights with Islamic militants. Jordan executes jihadists. The new research says homeless figures are worse than thought. BBC Three Counties Radio. Family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. After converting to Islam, Thomas Evans from Wuban Green joined Al-Shabaab fighters in 2011. His brother Michael has told MPs it was a constant battle with him at home. When he, when he changed mosque, it's his, the way he practised Islam changed completely. Every night he was at home would be an argument. Um, any discussion we'd have with him would be called racist. Um, we were told m- numerous times we're going to burn in hell because we're not Muslims. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after a video emerged showing Islamic State extremists killing a Jordanian Air Force pilot by burning him alive in a cage. One of those hanged was an Iraqi woman whose release had been demanded by Islamic State as part of a prisoner exchange. New research out today shows that the number of people facing homelessness rose to 280,000 last year, as opposed to government statistics of 52,000. The research, published jointly by Crisis and the Joseph Rowntree Foundation, argues that official figures are masking the true scale of the problem. Kevin Arscott is a former soldier who ended up homeless and living in Wendover Woods in Buckinghamshire. He's since been given a job by a local carpenter and has found a flat. can't express how, how good it is, to be honest, it's- yeah, I said to someone the other day, it's like winning the lottery, but, you know, it's, the, the money wouldn't mean anything to what I've got now. You know, that's how good things are at the moment, and I wouldn't swap it for the world. The M1 reopened at around 8.30 last night in Bedfordshire following yesterday lunchtime's crash. A lorry went through the central reservation, leading to an eight-hour closure between junctions 13 and 12. The driver suffered serious injuries. It took four hours to release him. He was taken to hospital with suspected broken legs. Harvardshire police say two people arrested on Monday afternoon after a serious collision in Hoddesdon will face no further action. A 28-year-old woman remains in a critical condition after the collision with a van in Stansted Road. A woman and a teenage girl were arrested. Researchers say half of all people in Britain will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lives. Cancer Research UK says this estimate replaces the previous forecast of more than a third getting the disease. Harpal Kumar is their chief executive. If we had fewer people smoking, if we had fewer people 
overweight or obese, if we did more exercise, if we reduced our alcohol consumption, all of these are things that can reduce our individual risk. When we, when we talk about half of the population will get cancer, that doesn't mean that, that that's the risk for every, any one individual. Police are investigating after claims that drinks were spiked in pubs and clubs in Dunstable on Saturday night. Four women separately contacted police to say they'd been unwell. In sport, Manchester United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 3-0 win over League 2 Cambridge in last night's replay at Old Trafford. The weather cloudy with scattered rain, sleet and snow showers, a maximum temperature 4 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Oh, it's blooming chilly, I tell you that. Ah, dear. So, you bump into someone's car, do you leave them a note or do you drive off? My wife had one of those those notes that said, uh, I've just hit your car, I'm writing you a note because someone's watching, but I'm not going to leave my details. Sorry! Cheeky. That actually happened. My mum had a note from someone who said, i just seen this guy hit your car and drive off. Here's his registration. Yeah. What else are we talking about? Boring people. Oh, yeah. How, do you, would you, how would you get rid of boring people? We were stuck having breakfast yesterday, Catherine and I, and a boring person joined us and spoke to us for 40 minutes about fly fishing. The worst thing was we were sat near the wall, so we had to get past him to get out. There was no way at oh, all. He man. had us there in a pincer move. The younger members of the Three Counties team said, well, why didn't you just tell him to get lost? Matt Lockwood said he would have told him to shut up. I couldn't do that. 08459 555555. And before 9 o'clock, we've not even mentioned this uh, sex lessons for under fives that's on the front page of the Daily Mail and isn't true. It's not quite that, is it? It's not true. It's simply not true. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, Dave Lewis on the line. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Geezer Boss. What you got for us, fella? Right, you asked a young lady on the radio this morning, do you who's Mark Boland? And she said, I don't know. And you went, uh, well, hilarious. Right, I did. she didn't. No, hold on. Who's Mark Boland? Tell me and tell all the other thousands in Luton yep. and Bed and Hearts, who's Mark Boland? Uh, Dave, I have at no point this morning. Oh, have, God, here we go. No. You haven't mentioned Mark Boland. Mark Boland's from T Rex. The T Rex. No, at no point this morning have I mentioned Mark Boland. Oh, or as, as you it? called him, Mark oh. Boland. Oh, excuse me. Who is that young man you said? Mark who? Who? Mark Boland from T Rex. No, who who, who is it you mentioned? That young lady. Mark who? Mark oh, who? Oh, God. No, hello. Oh, flipping it. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. And I didn't know you appeared on television until you told us fifty thousand times. Let's go to uh, Phil. Morning, Phil. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Um, well, years ago, I was driving home from work. I had a BT man in front of me, which was quite slow, and I knew it was just going to get me off the highway. So I, I knew if I took the next turning ahead of him, where he turned off left, if I took the next left, I could get ahead of him. Yeah. And I turned into this road, and it was covered in sheet ice, and the car just spit. Uh-oh. And he just went straight into a parked car. Uh-oh. And 
and uh, so yeah, damaged the uh, passenger door, or just, sorry, the driver's door very badly. Um, knocked on the, the house, the car was parked outside of it, there was no answer there, so I, I wrote and I left my details on the windscreen of the car, reported it to the police on the way home, just in case... Hey, look at you, you're, you're a good citizen, Phil, I'm impressed. I know, some people would differ, say different to that, but well. uh, anyway, I never heard a word. So I don't know, uh... Result! <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the clean insurance and you've got a clean conscience as well. well not, right, well, I've got a clean conscience, but my car was damaged as oh, well. Oh, OK. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah what do you go. think? Because it's... it's uh, like I said, I've been tempted in, in the past... To, well, in, in the rec- in the recent actually to, to to walk away and I just couldn't do it I, I tried to and I just couldn't do it and I had to go back and luckily it was just a little surface scratch that that, that kind of wiped off but uh, it, 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 I, I've had that thing done where I've had my car parked in an NCP actually in, in High Wycombe and I came back and there was a, I had a, spent the entire day in court with my mum so it was a really crappy day come back to the car park there's a massive dent in my car and no note yeah that's so annoying Phil, listen, you're a good man. He went and knocked on the door. Huh? Brave. That, well, yeah, brave. The, the, the two... The, the, if we put aside, for one moment, uh, police officers having to knock on the door to break, break that bad news, the two worst knocking-on-the-door things you can do, OK? Knock on the door to say, I've just smashed into your car. Knock on the door to say, I think I've just run over your cat. <gasps> They're the worst things that you can do. Kelly, have you ever told someone that you've um, hit their car? Yeah. That's how I met Kelly. No, mm. you are joking. Betsy? Yeah. Why? I was brand new at driving. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. brand new at work. I'm yeah. brand new at work. You get like three months grace, don't you, for both of those things, I yeah, think. Yeah, sure, yes. why not? And um, my, one of my first um, moments in the car park was hitting into... Catherine's brand new car. One of... Gosh, that must have gone down well. And yet, look how, look how Icebreaker. close you Icebreaker. Icebreaker. How did I react, Kelly? You were really sweet. She was really lovely. Boom. I was really scared. My favourite thing here, you know Gary Floyd, who um, is responsible for BBC Introducing on a Saturday night? He uh, does the whole thing himself. Yeah. He came up to me and he, uh, and he said, Ian, I, oh, I'm really sorry, mate, I've, I've, I've hit your car in the car park. Good. Sorry? Mm? And I was like, I was trying to be all zen. I was like, OK, OK, um, let's go and have a look. And I was trying to be really calm. Right? Yeah. And we went down, we walked down the stairs. It was a long walk. And fair play, he felt awful. Mm-hmm. We walked to the car park. And uh, he went, he pointed at the car, he pointed at the damage. He said, I'm really sorry. We'll sort this out. It's fine. And I went, you flipping idiot. You flipping. And I went mental at him. He said, all right, mate, calm down. I said, no, that's not my car, you plum. Boom. Taught him a lesson. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. Sally Evans from Woburn Green has been talking to MPs on the Home Affairs Select Committee as they attempt to work out how people like her son Thomas end up fighting alongside these militants. She says she'd rather see him behind bars than taking that path. Well, joined now by regular guest on the show, Professor Anthony Gleese, Professor at the University of Buckingham and Director of the Centre for Security and Intelligence Studies. Morning, Anthony. Good morning. Are there enough measures in place or being put in place to prevent UK citizens becoming terrorists? Well, the, the, the short answer to that is clearly no. Um, we believe there are anywhere from between 600 to 1,000 
British jihadists who are either planning to go to the Islamic State, the so-called Islamic State, or already in the Islamic State, that is to say in Iraq and Syria, fighting for it. And the fact that these, uh, these people exist in that kind of size suggests that whatever it is we're doing is not enough. And I, I, I think all the evidence points to the fact that we could be doing more in the two areas where things can really be done. And they are, first of all, the, 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 the tough things that MI5 and the counter-terrorist police can do to stop people who have already been recruited, which is what Sally Evans' son uh, seems to have been, and then secondly, the softer things to prevent people from being game for recruiters in the first place. And that, in my view, is primarily about education, schools and universities. One of the issues that Sally Evans had was that uh, her boy had attempted to uh, to fly out before and had been sent back. He, was, he tried to fly to Kenya but was stopped at the airport gate by UK officials. And she says that that should have been flagged up and, and, and they should have been told about it. Well... I think that's, if that is what happened, that is true. Uh, we have an intelligence community, about 12,000 people, and it's very difficult for them to spot every single person. And it was also difficult for people to realise initially that uh, if... British, it sounded incredible. British people would want to go and fight for this murderous regime. We heard yesterday they burnt the pilot alive in a cave, in a cage. That people would want to go and fight there, you know, it just beggared belief. We didn't realise that they would want to do this and that they would try and get there, for example, by going to Turkey or by going to Africa and zigzagging their way towards Syria and Iraq. I think we do realise that better now, but even then there is a big problem. If you know who they are, uh, what can you do about them whilst they're in the Islamic State? Answer nothing. They might get hit by uh, one of President Obama's drones, but mm, that's not very strong likelihood. The big problem is what do we do if they want to come back? And there again, we, we, we're split in this country. You have some people who say, well, they should come back. They're coming back because they realise they've been fighting for a bunch of murderous thugs. And then you have other people, of whom I'm one, who say, no, once you go, you go forever. You never come but back. But we can't do that. We, we can't make them stateless, can we? That's not within our power. Well... We, we don't have to make them stateless because they are fighting for the Islamic State. It's a, it's a great shame, it's a great disaster in Western policy, a great catastrophe for President Obama that the Islamic State is where it is. It is now a political entity. It should not have been allowed to become one, but it is now a political entity. Any British person that goes to fight for it literally swears allegiance to that state and has given up any allegiance they might have owed to this state. Now, I understand there are some people who are, who are, who are, who are cracked, who have psychological problems, and they may, may wander off. But those people who make a deliberate choice, who are targeted, brainwashed, and recruited and go, in my view, they are lost for this country. They're lost for their families, and they're lost for their values. But there are many people out there, young, impressionable people who may 
be toying with these things who, if they are fully confronted by people in education, uh, above all, may decide, may realize that the Islamic State is a, is a group of murderous thugs and that any decent young person would not want to have anything to do with them. Anthony, always good to talk to you. I uh, really appreciate the time. Professor Anthony Gleese, uh, Director for the Centre for Security and Intelligence Studies. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is closed between Junction 27 for the M11 and 26 for Waltham Abbey because of a fuel spillage and an accident as causing delays from Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout. It's also looking busy on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 15 for the M4. On the M1 southbound, that's looking very busy on the cameras between Junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. And in Milton Keynes, looking at the A421 standing way, that's very slow from the M1 Junction 13 uh, for Bedford down towards the Kingston roundabout because of the roadworks there. In Hitchin, looking at speed sensors on Parkway, and that's looking very slow between Gosmall Road and Black Horse Lane through the roadworks. And the A1 southbound is also looking very busy between the Kimbolton Turnoff and the Black Cat Roundabout. On the trains, there's a replacement bus between St Albans Abbey and Watford Junction because of overhead line problems. They're expected to be going on until around 11 o'clock this morning. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.16. It is Wednesday, the 4th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. Jordan has executed two convicted jihadists a day after a video emerged showing Islamic State extremists killing a Jordanian Air Force pilot. And campaigners from Hertfordshire are back at the High Court in London for day two of an appeal against a controversial rail freight terminal near St Albans. These three counties radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Good morning to you. Have you hoovered your new carpet yet? Don't! Why? You're not supposed to. No, that's the old-fashioned thinking, apparently. Oh, what's, what's the modern uh, thinking? Update the, me. Well, I well, I say the old-fashioned method. Yes. I think it also... Ha- Mama knows best. There's also uh, a bit of an issue in terms of the quality of your carpet. If Did you, you see that? He gave me a little kick to the shins there, Catherine. No, little kick to the shins. No, a bit of ownership taken. Cheap carpet. No, no. If you have gone for very expensive carpet, oh, yeah. you know, like a yeah. Wilton carpet, that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. then the advice is, I gather, that you shouldn't hoover it for a little while to That's start with. I don't hoover mine. If you've gone for something in the January sale, yep. then you can. So are you hoovering your carpet or not? I'm hoovering mine, yeah, OK. Yeah. How many togs has your carpet got? Yeah. Togs? Yes. That's duvets. What? what are you talking about? Oh, my God, I've had my house covered in duvet on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder so it's so smuffed. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. I must phone up John Lewis. Uh, yeah, OK, but is it, have you still got that new carpet smell? That's the best yeah. thing. Yeah, it's you very nice. two or three days of just, oh, being in a carpet showroom. Yes, it is like living in a yeah. carpet showroom at the moment. Although, trying to keep my, uh, my black dog... Yep. Away from the mud, and then the carpet is going to be fun and game. Get Man. yourself a carpet cleaner. That was the best, probably 150 quid I've ever spent. What's that? One of those shampoo machines? Yeah, I want to get one of those. They're no, really good. The ones you, no, they're not. Kids. The ones you can buy are rubbish. No. You need to. You need to buy, pay a company to come out and do it. Come and have a look at my shag pile. <laughs> 
Now I've shampooed it. Oh. You'll be impressed. Looks maybe, like a new carpet. Maybe I could just borrow yours. You can. Oh, thanks. Well, Whenever while you you're borrowing hers, could you come and do mine? <laughs> that Are you carpeted? I, I always imagined your house would have, you know, white tiles on the floor. We've got tiles downstairs, um, and that was just because we... Throughout drew... downstairs? Um, yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Very Spanish. It is. Um, it was Like a morgue. <laughs> it wasn't my choice. When we bought it, it was like that, and I wanted carpet put down, and my wife was like, yeah, we'll get carpet put down. And we moved in. We are not getting any carpet put down. We have carpet up the stairs and all upstairs. But is it warm enough? I, I don't like it, no. Why not? No. I, I want carpet. I like, I like uh, carpet. But it's more practical tiles. I mean, as long as you've got underfloor heating, it's very practical, isn't we it? We turn the under... The underfloor heating is... That's, that's a big con of the 20th century, underfloor heating. So are we middle class? I blame that Kevin thingy. What? From the Kevin um, Webster, Kevin McLeod, yeah, Mudge Sticks Webster, Kevin McLeod, what? Yeah, what's that? He made us think that was normal underfloor heating. No, it's, ex- it's expensive. It is expensive, and it don't work. No, I had it in a bathroom Rubbish. a few years ago. Didn't work really. Rubbish. No, uh, you had to have it on charging up for hours and hours before it was even lukewarm. It's a, it's a, it's a con. Anyway, I could talk about this literally I for. Know, it's been fascinating. It really though, has, doesn't it? We sh- I'm just saying, if um, Sunday afternoon, I know that you're not working, I'm not working. A little two-hour home homey type show. <laughs> are you are you pitching a new idea for a show? Will I get paid? <laughs> Will we? What will we do? Just talk about carpet. Talk about cars. You home can be decor. Sh- um, uh, Catherine can be uh, Sarah Beanie. Yep, I can. <laughs> Except I'm not getting pregnant with that I was same say, ferocity that she does. You have to be pregnant about fifteen times. <laughs> I'll be at home, not listening. Thanks very much indeed. <laughs> listening to unsigned bands and uh, indie music. What's on your show? I've got a guest coming up. So what? Sorry, we've been chatting too long. Coming What's on up, your show today? Well, on the big phone in today, we are talking about the horrific news that is all over the front pages of the paper. Um, and this has been going on for months, really, hasn't it? We've been opening our papers. We've been confronted by images of innocent men in orange boiler suits moments before they've been beheaded. Well, earlier this week, militants pushed a man off a building as a punishment for being gay. And then on discovering the fall had not killed him, they then stoned him to death. And now a Jordanian pilot has been burnt to death in a cage as Jordan had refused to release hostage ISIS militants. Well, Conservative MP Richard Ottaway is the chair of the Commons Foreign Affairs Committee. He's told the BBC Britain needs to do even more to arm troops from neighbouring countries fighting on the ground. Well, from nine this morning, I'm going to be asking you this question. Do you think we should be doing more to fight ISIS? It does kind of feel, doesn't it, recently Mm. as if not a lot is going on Mm -hmm. it does feel as if we're not hearing what britain is doing to deal with these dreadful dreadful people and the recent about i mean this burning of this guy to death i mean these people are monsters yes thoroughly unpleasant they are monsters but what are we doing about it and should we be doing more from nine this morning i'd like your views your reaction on oh eight four five nine four double five five double five Every weekday from 12. We're talking to Alice Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, last year, we told you how a woman had been spotting, spotted sleeping rough in Wendover Woods. Uh, she'd been there for quite a while. It seems she's not the only one. 
Oh, hang on. We can uh, talk to uh, Kevin Arscott, who's a former soldier who used his survival skills to live there for a while. Morning, Kevin. Morning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you serve in the military? Uh, in, I was in the Grenadier Guards. Uh, served six years. Uh, three years of that was uh, first of all training because I joined as a young lad at 16. And then I had three years in the regiment. Um, and how did you end up being homeless? Um, I had, uh, I split up with my partner and, uh, you know, uh, things weren't going well. So, yeah, we called it a day and, uh, yeah, I ended up getting depressed. I ended up losing my job where I lived. You know, it was a, a knock-on effect. Just one of those, um, one of those things, one thing went wrong and it kind of snowballed, really. Yeah, there's a bit of a domino effect on it, so, you know... But but what was what was the moment, Kevin, where you you'd gone from sleeping in a bed, yeah, to um, sleeping in the woods? Um, I just couldn't afford where I was. Um, you know, I, I I had the choice of becoming into debt, you know, and not being able to support myself. So I just kind of cut my losses and just thought, right, you know, pay everything off and. Yeah, and was there? I, I think I know the answer to this question. But you know, you had you had served your country, you'd served in the military. Yeah. Um, there will be people listening who are shocked that, that that someone who has has made that sacrifice had nowhere to go. There was no support for you. Um, I suppose the the part of it is asking for help, isn't it? You know, military guys. You know, you know it's it's what we do, isn't it? You know, we don't really ask for help; we just get on with it. We set ourselves a task or a mission. We just crack on, you know. We just, you know. And is that what it felt like d- d- living in the woods for four? Did it feel like you were on a mission? Um, I think I was. Well, yeah, a little bit to you know find myself. You know, it was time out to think about what I want to do with my life. You know, where I want to go. You know, and just trying to evaluate things. You know, think about all the mistakes you've made and. You know, what what you want to do in the future. How are you going to change your life? How are you going to make a difference to everyone else? What did, what, what was your daily routine, Kevin? Uh, I used to work uh, for a traffic management company, so I used to work nights all the time. Right, OK. So it's not the best job to have in the world. No, working nights, you know, it, working it, it, on... it drives you nuts, doesn't it? It, it, yeah. it? it really can affect you. And and then when you ended up being homeless and living in the woods, what what, what did you do? Where, where, where did you sleep and, and what did you do for the day? Uh, I just made myself a little basher and... Uh, a little what? A little basher, like a little, you know, tweet stick hut type thing. Oh, OK, thing all right, yeah. In the, in the ground, you know, so it was all concealed so no one could see anything, you know. And, yeah, I just went for little walks around, you know, just taking time to reflect. And did anyone bother you? Did anyone d- disturb you at no, all? You were completely really. hidden. People, people walked past me like I was just out having a walk. What happened, Kevin? How did how did it um, turn around? Um, basically, it really rained heavy one night, and uh, I got absolutely soaked. And uh, you know, I thought oh, I'm I'm going to get I'm going to end up with hypothermia because it does get pretty cold up there. You know, because it it's the highest point as well in Buckinghamshire, so it gets to like minus one, minus two. Yeah. And uh, I was absolutely soaked, so I decided to go and jump in a bin full of uh, cardboard. Uh, to, you know, warm myself up, you know, insulate it, 
you know, just to keep myself warm so I didn't, you know, end up getting hypothermia or anything. Yeah. And uh, in the morning, obviously, I fell asleep in there, and uh, the cafe owner, John, he came to drop some recycling in and, yeah, scared the life out of him. John, we've, we've spoken to John before because he was... It was John, wasn't it, that we spoke to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he runs a cafe, because he also um, told us about this, this woman that yeah, was... Yeah, in the woods. Yeah. yeah. So did, what, did, did, what did John do? Um, he just... We, he, Asked me if I'd like to get out of the bin and if I wanted a coffee, you know, and a and a chat. And I think he just he was intrigued to find out why I was in his bin. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a little bit of a shock, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, um, I, you know, fair play to the guy. You know, if he, he did run a mile, but he came back. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, and we, we we spoke to your um your new boss. You, you, things yeah. are kind of on the up now. You've got you've you've got a job. Have you got a home now, Kev? Yeah, I've got my own, my own, I've got a house there, so I've got my own room in that. Yeah? Yeah, everything's going really well. Are you learning a trade? Yeah, I'm apprenticeship in carpentry. I don't know if you've got the patience for that. I look at it and it's like, yeah, that's the task. And, you know, it's the yeah. end product, you yeah. know, and, and you're giving it to someone else and they're going to love it for however many years until it breaks, I suppose. <laughs> and how are you doing, you know, how are you doing mentally? You said that, you, you know, you, you, you took a, a, a beating and you were depressed. Are you, are you feeling better within yourself? Oh, yeah, loads better. Um... Loads of real strange things have happened in the last 12 weeks. Um, yeah, I've managed to, you know, get a job which has been able for me to fund, you know, my own place. Uh, you know, everyone at church, I, I go to a local church, they've all been massive supported at the Aylesbury Vineyard Church. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm now in a play about um, ex-soldiers um, leaving the army, it's uh, called Bravo 22 Company. Where's where's uh, that on? Do you, uh, do you... Uh, the Aylesbury Waterside Theatre. Brilliant. So and carpentry, the, um, bit of acting. Yeah, and the ambassador for that is um, Ray Winston. Oh, okay. So I met him uh, two Saturdays ago as well. It's so. nuts, isn't it? What a turnaround in the space of a couple yeah. of months. But, you know, everyone asks, you know, like, what's it like? And I suppose when you want it, you know, you, you've got, you know, you've got to get it. You've got to ask for help, you know, because... Army guys, you know, say, for instance, a lad in the army, you know, went to Afghan and lost his legs. Mm. You know, you think, right, well, he needs the support more than I do. So you don't ask for it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, kind, you kind of work on that basis if you've, you know, served. You know, you always think there's someone else that's worse off than you. Kevin, I could talk to you more. I've got to move on because I've got business to do. Can, can I make one suggestion? I yeah. Write a book. Write a book, all right. <laughs> Seriously, do you know? Listen, you've achieved this yeah. much in the last few months. Write a book. I'd read. I'd yeah. buy it. All right, cool. Thank Kevin, you. nice to talk to you, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Well, there. Well, what an amazing turnaround there, Kevin. Thank you for that. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 Great North Road, there are queues building up from Thamesford towards the Black Cat roundabout. In Milton Keynes, looking at the A421 Standing Way on the cameras, it's very busy but around the M1 Junction 13 for Bedford towards the Kingston roundabout with the roadworks that are going on there. In Amersham on Gore Hill, that's looking very slow between the A413 and London Road. And in High Wycombe on the A404 as well, that's very busy between the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout and Marlow Road. Looking at the M25, there's a few problems. Anti-clockwise, it's just looking very busy between Junction 6. 
17th Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. And further afield, anti-clockwise, it's two lanes are closed between Junction at 27 for the M11 and 26 for the Mabby, with 10-mile queues from Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout. On the trains, London Midland have resumed a normal service again between St Albans Abbey and Watford Junction after the overhead line problems earlier. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Jordan has executed two jihadists a day after a video emerged showing Islamic State extremists killing a Jordanian Air Force pilot by burning him alive in a cage. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. And campaigners from Hertfordshire are back at the High Court in London for day two of an appeal against a government decision to give a controversial rail freight terminal near St Albans planning permission. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Manchester United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after a 3-0 win over League 2 Cambridge in last night's replay at Old Trafford. Here's United manager Louis van Gaal. Not only for the players, also for the club, for the fans, but also for the coach and my staff also. We want to win a title uh, this year and uh, the biggest chance is the FA Cup, but we have to win uh, still three or four games to, to do that. And Manchester United will now be away to Preston, who won 3-1 at Sheffield United. Also last night. Sunderland won 3-1 at Fulham to earn a trip to Bradford. Tonight, Liverpool are away to Bolton in their fourth-round replay. In Conference South last night, Hamel Hempstead were 3-0 up against Wealdstone with three goals in the first 13 minutes, but the game was abandoned at half-time due to a frozen pitch. Luton's home game with Wickham in March has been moved for live television coverage. The game will now take place on Tuesday the 24th instead of Saturday the 21st. Hatters Andy Drury and Wickham keeper Matt Ingram have been nominated for the League Two Player of the Month award for January and the former Luton player Ken Hawkes who played for the club in the 1959 FA Cup final has died at the age of 81. Teenage striker Keishi Anderson has been telling BBC Three Counties of his shock at a deadline day move from Barton Rovers to Crystal Palace. The 19 year old says he will always be grateful to Barton. I've been here for the last four years. It's pre- pretty much like home. Like, like the lads are all great to me. Like When I come into the first team last season, like they all welcomed me. Like They knew what, how good a player I was and they all did say from that a while back like you'll, you'll definitely make it kind of thing it's just working hard and last season it was a bit of a step forward two step backs but then this season like they've all helped me like to push forward and keep my head down and keep training the former Tottenham boss Tim Sherwood is the early favourite to succeed Harry Redknapp as manager of Queen's Park Rangers. And in rugby, England will name their team today for Friday night's Six Nations opener in Wales. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, you're driving along, you dink a car. Or maybe you hit a car quite hard. Would you stop and um, leave a note on there? We have one fella phoned up who said, well, he, he he knocked on the door, there was no one there. He went and left a note and uh, he never heard from them again. Uh, would you do it? You'd have to, wouldn't you? We spoke to a guest earlier on whose car is, um, well, smashed to pieces by a truck that hit it and then just drove away. Our very own Matt Lockwood has, has got previous on this. He's, um, he's hit cars and driven away. It was years ago, police officer. Um, you didn't... Why, why did you uh, drive away, Matt? I drove away because... Uh... Well, I wasn't thinking, was I? And I wanted to protect my no-claim That's discount. why. You did it to save yourself a few yes. quid. 
I mean, it would have cost a fortune, I say, the, the, car, the, the side of the car was scraped, there was a big dent in it, you know. I was a chicken, a coward. Uh, I shouldn't have done it, but I, I, you know, I'm glad that this item has given the opportunity to confess. Oh, wait, four five yeah. nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call about that. And also, and we're, we're going to do this, Matt. If people want to phone up and uh, uh, castigate you, they can do. Yeah, they can. They can do that. They can come on air and they can address you directly um, and uh, and tell you exactly what they think. Yeah, can't they, Catherine. They absolutely can. So I if you would like to castigate Matthew. Mm. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's a feature it? we're calling Castigate Matt. Yeah, the streets were too kind to me this yeah. morning. Really, they just yeah. says, uh, "Oh, you did a bad thing. It was a long no. time ago. You should feel a bit guilty." But nobody says, you know, you're, you're bad, and how dare you, and you're a disgrace. So, do you know what? I think we can all sympathise. If you've ever done something like that, your initial reaction is to bolt. Yeah, yeah. Most of us would turn around, Matthew. Most of us. Well, it was such a narrow street as well. No, so no, I, no, 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 no. The, the car street. actually. No, I could not open the door. It well, you could have narrow. pulled off and parked somewhere else, mate. But then it was round the corner, so I just... Well, then you just... get up and you get... Hang on a second. Andy? Hello. You want to have a word with Matt, do you? I do, yes. Go on. Matt, I did exactly the same thing. Oh. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't walk away. I got out and put a note on the car. I just uh... felt... I felt awful, but the problem with it is that in some ways I don't think I'll ever do it again. You're I too felt... nice, Andy. Did you... What did you write in the note, Andy? I said, I'm so sorry, I've tapped your car with a one-inch scratch on the side of it. It was tiny, but I felt bad. So I wrote a note, the air goes by, well, six months goes by in the premium, and it went from 400 to 800. Well, yeah, but you did but you did the right thing, though. I don't, I don't think so now, everyone. Andy, we're, we're, we're losing you a little bit. I'm not sure what he said there, but... Um, it I thought was that something was honest, my, unlike yes. you, Matt. Yeah. I thought that was my Woody for a second there. That was actually his phone line, wasn't it? That's correct, Matthew, good, yes. Good, Yes, yes. Right, that's... Uh, 08459 455 555 if you want to speak to Matt. But it's not the only thing we've sent you out on. Catherine and I yesterday had uh, a very dull breakfast. Normally our breakfasts are full of witty, um, offensive banter. And beans. And beans. And uh, we were at Prizzy's yesterday, Prisoner's Wives, and we sat down... And we were joined within minutes by the most boring man in the world. I'm, I, I can say that because even if he has the radio on now, he won't be listening to us. He'll be talking to us about fly fishing, which he did for 40 minutes. It went on for so long that I thought, I'd, right, I'm going to see how long I can, well, I can push this guy for. And I, um, it, instead of doing, we, we started off the first 15 minutes both doing the, uh-huh, all right, yeah, that's interesting. After fif- I could have said anything because whatever, he, whatever I said, he completely ignored. He was having none of it. After 15 minutes, I ordered a second round of breakfast and I started engaging him and, and asking him questions. And the table by me. Yeah. Uh, but we came back and all the, the youngsters and the kids went, hey man, you should have told him to jog on, man. Hey man, what are you doing, man? He's an idiot. Uh, uh, Jen who works here, who looks like butter wouldn't melt, but I bet there's a lot of oh. melted butter on Jen. Yeah, butter will melt. Butter will melt in her yeah. mouth. And then Matt Lockwood said, I'd have told him to shut up. Yeah. Tough guy, Lockers. Yeah, you indulged him. I don't know why. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. You've taken politeness. it. You've taken it to the streets, Matt. Yes, I've taken it to the streets to get people's views, uh, you know, different opinions. Uh, it starts off a little bit awkward because a man's withdrawing some money from a cash machine. Oh, flipping it. that next to a boring man? I know you put in your pin number, that's okay. Go on. No, I don't think so. All right, well, I won't, I won't, I won't look at you while you're putting your pin in. Go on, put your pin in. Right, you're in a cafe. You're sat next to a boring man. 
he comes over, speaks to you for no reason. Now, I would tell him to jog off. Yeah. Ian Lee indulged him. Who's right? What do you do in that situation? It's really boring. I'll, I'll, He's saying, I like fly fishing. I wear beige clothes. Tell you, I wouldn't run him off, chase him off like that. I'll, you know, carry on talking to him. Really? Even though he's really boring? Yeah, why not? I, I mean, it might be boring for a little bit, but after a while, he must start to make sense. No, he doesn't. He just gets more and more boring. Well, I'll get up and I'll leave, but I wouldn't be rude to him. Why would you not be rude to him? You don't know be, this man. But he's not being rude to me, so why should I be rude to him? Yeah, but I'm He's not, just a stranger. I just say, look, I'm having a conversation here with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Don't know why you've joined it. Mm -hmm. Get lost. Well, you're boring me right now, and I'm not going to tell you to get lost, am I? So, How rude! <laughs> now you see that? How rude! Okay. You're a woman. Sorry? You're a woman. Yeah, well done. Right. Uh, <laughs> what's your opinion on boring men? <laughs> I haven't got time for them. <laughs> I work at BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got right. a scenario to put to you. You sat in a cafe with your friend. Some boring man joins you. What would you do? Probably ignore him. So you ignore him, he keeps on talking. What would you do then? I don't know what else I'd do. <laughs> Just tell him to shut up. Shut up? Yeah. And what if that person turned around and punched you in the face? I'm 65 years old. They wouldn't do that to me, would they? Well, they might we do. Don't know, we do don't know, do we? These days, you don't know, do you? This I don't boring know. man might be really aggressive. Well, I'll probably get up and leave. I don't like confrontation, so I'd get up and leave. Well, you're a very boring man, Matt, and most of those people decided to speak to you. How very rude. You'd have probably got on with this fella. How dare you. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being polite. <laughs> you know what the punchline to this conversation was as well, that we endured for 40 minutes? Yep, right. He was talking about f fishing for 40 minutes. But then he had offered me up as someone to go fishing with, and he went... Oh, no, I've been fishing for 20 years. There we go. Doesn't even do it anymore. Any sensible person would have just left, would have ate their what? breakfast very quickly. No, I don't want to eat my breakfast quickly. That bacon gives me um, indigestion. We were living in hope that he was going to leave us to it. Yeah, because he was finishing up. Glenn's on the line. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Do you want to speak to Matt or should I get rid of him? I like Matt. Sorry? I like Matt. I don't understand that sentence. Should we find out how Glenn deals with a boring man? Yeah, go on, go on, you two, have a chat. So, I Glenn, how would you deal go. with a boring man? I just get up and go. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. I haven't got the bottle to say, listen, you're boring, and leave me alone. So I would just, you know, say I've got to go now, leave. Right. But yet you're still talking to him, Glenn. But I'd, be, I'd have gone then. He's, he's gone. What have you got for us, Glenn? Well, he was on about car accidents. Yes. When I was 17, and this was a long time ago... I had a. I was driving a, a, a forklift truck. Those ones you sit on the side. Oh, I'd love to drive a forklift truck. I really would. I heard this I noise, would. and then the, I heard this noise, and the forklift truck started to slow down. And when I looked, I was attached to a brand new car. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What happened? I hit a car, and dra and I was dragging it. <gasps> Glenith. What? So, Go on. So what I did is I, I stopped. Yes. I pushed the forks out, which released it, yeah. and I picked it up and took it back in its spot where yeah. it was. I looked, and the car was brand spanking new. It was only a day old. It uh, went X registration, 126 miles. I remember when X registration came out. They were a bit sexy at the time. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I found out whose car it was, and it was a contractor that used to work for us uh -oh. when, uh, when I was... Uh, so I rang him up. I said, Terry, I said, I've just smashed your new car. Yeah. He said, no, no, you haven't. I said, I have, honestly. 
and, it, and the mood changed. He said, well, you wait there. He said, I'm going to come and see you. I said, I can't. I've got to go and catch the bus home. So I, I saw him coming up the car park as I was leaving the building. And uh, I had to deal with him the next day. £800 worth of damage. Glenn, listen, thank you very much indeed for uh, being really uh, d- d- honest about that situation there in Teflip, isn't it? I had a text yeah. from uh, Logical John. Hello, Logical John. LJ. Uh, he says, unfortunately for Matt, it was my car that he hit. However, mm. I'm willing to be charitable and forgive. If he meets me in the 3CR car park with £500 in used notes in an envelope, we can say that's an envelope. I've been thinking about the 3CR car park. and uh, Why? Often it gets, oh, I do. Often it gets very, very busy. Mm. But oftentimes it's empty, and I think that we are making uh, not the best use of that. How would we go about organising cockfights or... Ben- they're illegal, are they? Sorry? Illegal? I would do, it, I would do these cockfights differently to, right. the, to perhaps how you're imagining them. OK. Or bare-knuckle fights. Again, I think... There's nothing illegal about two men pounding each other with their bare fists. It's romantic. I think it is, if it's just for entertainment purposes... Yep. But you're thinking bets, aren't you? I'm thinking... No, I'm, leave me out of this. <laughs> putting bets on. No. Placing bets. Um... Bets Betting. will be involved. She'll be walking around in uh, tight shorts holding up uh, cards with numbers on. The numbers will be irrelevant to the <laughs> what's going on. I just think that the BBC, let's be honest, cutbacks. We've had a lot of bad press recently for... I think we know what. Operation Utree, thanks for nothing. Um, but uh, this would be a great way of getting the community involved with the BBC and raising a few quid for us. Or... Yep. What's that noise? Who's got radiation? What? Matt, what are you doing, mate? Matt, are you switched on? Matt, what, what if you press? Get or, out, out. Or we mark it up. You know, like a school playground. Yeah. Fun times. Is, is Matt, leave, Matt, is Matt soiling himself in there? That is disgusting. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes, it's looking quite busy on the A421 Standing Way around the Kingston Roundabout between there and, jun- and the M1 Junction 13 for Bedford. That's uh, looking very slow on the speed sensors at the moment. In Amersham on Gore Hill, that's very busy between the A413 and the A40 London Road. And looking at the motorways on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's still very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. And anti-clockwise, two lanes are still closed between Junction 27 for the M11 and 26 for Waltham Abbey, with long delays from Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabouts. Looking at the train departure boards, there's no reports of any major delays at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.45, Wednesday, the uh, 4th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Foreign Secretary, Philip Hammond, says the international coalition will do whatever it takes to defeat Islamic State following the killing of a Jordanian pilot. The family of a Buckinghamshire man who's fighting alongside Islamic militants in Somalia say there was a massive failure by the UK authorities in allowing him to leave Britain. And campaigners from Hertfordshire are back at the High Court in London for day two of an appeal against a controversial rail freight terminal near St Albans. Uh, more of your phone calls coming up after the weather with Kate. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's another chilly start and they're not quite as chilly as it has been. The temperature outside ranging between zero and plus one across all three counties at the moment. One or two snow showers overnight. Haven't seen too much this morning. Could get one or two particularly over higher ground but it's more likely if you get anything falling from the sky it's more likely to be sleet and rain. The Met Office however do have a yellow weather warning in place for snow and ice but ice being the more predominant problem this morning as many stretches that haven't been treated out in the countryside could be fairly slippery. So a chilly day, one or two showers expected but as I've explained it's probably likely to fall asleep and maybe some rain. The maximum temperature though a chilly 4 Celsius especially in that north-easterly north-northwesterly breeze rather. Overnight tonight it's going to stay cold, some scattered wintry showers working their way down from East Anglia actually they're coming down through the wash and uh, coming out towards the Chilterns so we could get one or two snow flurries overnight and also some icy conditions developing minus one being the minimum temperature so a similar start to tomorrow the one difference tomorrow a northeasterly breeze starts to really ramp up in the afternoon it's coming from the continent it is very very cold so it's going to feel raw by the end of tomorrow maximum temperature five celsius but it's probably not going to feel that and that breeze is going to stay with us through friday as well so for a bitterly cold end to the week and that's your forecast Every weekday morning. Let me get on with your consumer problems. Should I expect it to last as a £350 TV or a £250 TV? Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Have you gone back to the retailer? I went and spoke to the company that you paid the money to. The JBS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. So I emailed again and reminded them of the statutory rights which I've heard in your programme. If you need our help, email jbsshow at bbc.co.uk. They've backed down and they they are putting right into me that I no longer have the money. And we could do the same for you. That's fantastic news. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Your team is fantastic because you look after the people. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. John, what you got? I, uh, you're leaving notes on a vehicle. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, when I was a dust cart driver, I was reversing into a cul-de-sac and uh, just changed a member of my team to oh. someone that didn't know what they were doing. Okay, yeah. So I was shouting instructions to him in the dark early in the morning and I reversed into a car at the end of the cul-de-sac. Hang on a sec, hang on a sec. So who was doing the driving? I was. What? <laughs> Why have you blamed it on... You're trying to blame it on the other fella. No, I, I take all full responsibility. <laughs> what, 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 I was so shouting at the window because he wasn't... John, you've just said we had a new fella working on the team who didn't know the ropes and you were shouting at him and then I bumped a car. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. But yeah. I say I take responsibility. But, but so he wasn't listening to what he was told to do. You weren't looking at where you were going. It. I was trying to multitask. You know, blokes can't do that. They can't. I can't do it when I'm driving. The, the only multitasking I can do when I'm driving is um, uh, finding a CD, texting my. I'm joking, of course, but I can find <laughs> a CD. But yeah, no, I could. Yeah, d- especially reversing one of those big blooming things. It's only 24 tonne when it was full. Oh, is that all? In that case, <laughs> uh, I'm, no, I'm assuming the car was badly damaged. It, it wasn't, to be fair. Oh. I left a note on the fella's car. Yeah. Uh, when I got back to the depot, they said, I've had a phone call from someone. You backed into a car in Buntingford. Yeah. So I said, yeah. He said, he's not overly fussed. He said, it's an old car. So they're uh, not doing it. He's not going to pursue it. Hey, flip. That's the result, isn't it? <laughs> well, I did offer to actually pay for it. It's um, only the bumper. It's what? A Mark One Astra. That's how long ago oh, that was. Oh, flipping it. Hey, are you still a binman? No. When did I you had a st- disagreement with my manager and he didn't want to uh, 
sort it out the same you, way as I did. You sound, you sound like real trouble, you do, John. I'm a lorry driver, we're all like that. There you go. Uh, John, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Blimey. A binman. Binman. Minute. Binman. I watch the binmen sometimes. So there's a made-up... they nearly hit my car almost every week. Those guys know exactly what they're doing, he said, never, never wanting to diss a bin man, although I don't know why they can't pick up something that's next to the bins for oh, crying out loud. So there's a made-up story on the front page of the Daily Mail. No. Yeah, it's made-up. Sex lessons at five under Labour. God, Gosh, kids are going to learn about really... penises and, and um, woo-woos and all of these things. They probably just have from you then. Children age five will have sex education classes if Labour wins the election. So this oh, is right. a little bit stirring it up so that we... Uh, Frightened. Yeah. Tristram Hunt said yesterday the subject would go on the primary school curriculum to tackle homophobic bullying. Oh, OK, right. Well, that's a good thing. The lessons are currently given only to children of secondary school age. Okay, so you're all thinking, wow, this is outrageous. I don't want my kids to be taught about the ins and outs, literally and metaphorically. Uh, Labour sources said Mr Hunt, who's the party's education spokesman, wanted... Oh, hang on a second. Age-appropriate teaching about sex and relationships. Oh, hang on a second. Age-appropriate and about relationships. Suddenly it's a little bit different. Mm. It's not all pinkies and perkies. To begin in stage one, when pupils are aged five to seven... Uh, they claimed, here we go, Labour, Labour make you sick, don't they? When you hear this next sentence, how sick do Labour make you? They claim the move would also help tackle the problems of domestic violence and rape. Oh, hang on a minute. So it's not this goes there and you put this there and then you, you, you play with this. It's about the feelings and relationships that go It's about them. relationships. Mm. But campaigners warned against sacrificing childhood innocence. For the sake of political correctness. Well, they're not. Margaret Morrissey of Parents Out Loud said, We need to let children be children. Are we really saying that at the age of five, children have to put their childhood behind them and learn about all the things that adults have to deal with? Well, I can ask that question, Margaret. The answer is no. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, uh, wouldn't it be good if at five that young people started to learn about relationships and what's a functioning relationship and what's uh, uh, not a functioning relationship? Because, hey, guess what? I would imagine that a lot of those five-year-olds aren't seeing functioning relationships at home. Well, and also, aren't we always concerned about the sort of things that teenagers are sending each other because they have managed to detach the physical from the emotional. Margaret Morrissey continues, uh, I understand that politicians are looking for eye-catching ideas to win the election, but I would say to them, please don't sacrifice our children's innocence. Well, well, Margaret Morrissey from Parents Out Loud, I understand that you're looking for eye-catching ideas, so you get quoted on the front page of the Daily Mail, but please don't talk out of your bum. Well, I wonder whether she actually got a phone call and was uh, having a conversation with someone and it was told... Uh, selected oh, extracts. Here we go, next one. Simon Calvert of Christian Concern said the explicit material already used in schools would shock many parents. Well, explicit. I mean, they're not showing them pornos. Don't they normally get the parents in before they start a course of this sort of stuff before, so you can see exactly what you might have to deal with at home? The questions that may arise. For three decades, he says, the cry has been that we must have more sex education of a more explicit nature. Who's been saying we must have more explicit sex education? Who's been saying that? 14-year-old boys? And, theref- uh, and therefore... Uh, 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 of a more explicit nature at an even younger age. And look where it's got us. 
We should end the defeatism that says children will inevitably be exposed to pornography in gay oh. and in gay. They are. They get it on their mobile phones. My mate Wayne brought a copy of Razzle into school when we were thirteen, and we passed it around. Razzle. Do you know what? That was nothing compared to what they can dial up on their telephones. They used to find those magazines in the woods, didn't they? Yeah, you did. In bushes. Parents are able to withdraw children from sex education lessons apart from those that are part of the core science curriculum. Oh, OK. So there's a get-out clause already. It's the most made-up story ever. Outrage about something that isn't true. Five-year-olds won't be taught that you get this, you put that on there and you slip it in there. They won't be taught that. They'll be taught about, you know, I don't know, um, like love and stuff and respect, which is surely a good thing, isn't it? Daily Mail, you've, you've, you've outdone yourself on the most made-up story. Uh, Roy's on the line. Good morning, Roy. Morning. Right, you want to talk about cars? What you got for us? Yeah, just a thought. You, you know, we're talking about whether people own up to knocking a car in the carriage or whatever, yes. a parking lot. Bloody blood. Do you not think the insurance companies could help out a little bit with this? You know, it would encourage a lot more people to uh, perhaps be a bit more honest. What should the insurance companies operate? be doing? Well, it just occurred to me. If you get three points on your licence, for argument's sake, for speeding... Yeah. Well, that's taken off. Would you, what, you, what do you mean, that's taken off what? Well, for only not. For the insurance people, whack up your insurance policy by God's amount of money. If after a period of time they were to take it back a bit, that's who might encourage a few people to be a bit more... Hang on, well, I'm confused what this has got to do with three points on your licence. Well, no, not so much the fire. I'm just an example when you're saying that you get points on your licence if you speed or whatever. Yeah. You, you get the equivalent on your insurance is an increased premium. Uh, do you know what? I don't th- I've, I've got points on my licence and I've declared it to my insurance company and they've not increased my premium. Well, I'm just saying I think the insurance people could help because I think the uh, car insurance is probably one of the biggest rip-offs there is. Oh, yeah, but, we, but uh, we, we don't want them charging us more money, do we, Roy? No, that's what I'm saying. Right. If after a period of time they were then they were made aware that you've been you've owned up to this, which I oh. should know anyway if they're doing their job. Yes. Um, you get an own up bonus. A bit more back off of your premium. Roy, thank you very much indeed. An own up bonus. Hang on a second. That would rely on uh, insurance companies wanting to help out and being honest and decent people. Uh, anyone spot the uh, the deliberate error in that sentence? Have we got any texts, Catherine? Yeah. Go on, then. Uh, let's have a look. Go on, then. Let's have a look. Bit of a twist on the car story. This is from Snuffers. When living in South Africa... Snuffers. When living in South Africa a few years ago, I was driving from my house along a dirt road surrounded in sugar cane about eight feet high. I wasn't going too fast, but suddenly a farm labourer walked out of the bushes in front of me. Oh. I swerved, hit a pothole, rolled the car, and ended up upside down in the sugar cane. Aye. The fella ran away. Aye. Skip forward two weeks, a fella gives me a call, replying to a job ad. Turns out, when he came to my house... Same guy from the bushes. Didn't get the job. Flipping heck. How would you reckon? How do you know it's the same bloke? Well, he was upside down he was in covered the in leaves. for a long time watching the uh, clean pair of heels disappear. Morrissey has scrapped plans for a gig in Iceland. Not yeah. the shop! <laughs> Iceland got done recently because they were selling a food that was mislabeled because the guy, there was a dodge, this is in the paper last week can't think what it was it wasn't veal, it was something and the dodge pot that sold it to ice and said, oh yeah, legally you're allowed to call it, let's say caviar, it wasn't legally you're allowed to call it caviar but it isn't, but you're allowed to and so Iceland were happily selling it and they weren't allowed to, you think someone would have checked that? 
Yeah, after the horse thing. Morrissey is... You never, no one ever got done for the horses. Morrissey has... Uh, speaking of horses, Morrissey has scrapped plans for a gig in Iceland after the venue refused to stop selling meat. I like that. And then he says... This is such a good quote I from Morrissey. I don't think he wanted to do it, do you? No, exactly. That was the thing. But then this is a brilliant quote from Morrissey, right? He told fans... I love Iceland! I can't do the voice. Morris is the one person I can't do, and I really try. He said, I love Iceland, and I've waited a long time to return, but I shall leave the Harper Concert Hall to their cannibalistic, flesh-eating bloodlust. Get in there, Mozza! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 southbound, there are queues building up from the Kimbolton turn-off to the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. And in Milton Keynes, the A421 standing way is looking very slow on approach to the Kingston roundabout because of the roadworks there. It's looking very slow all the way to the M1 junction 13 for Bedford. In Hitchin, Moormead Hill is looking very busy on the, through the roadworks at Rotten Road West. Rotten Road West. And the A1M southbound is very slow between junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. On the M1 southbound, there are queues building up still around junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne and further afield on the M25 anti-clockwise there are still 10 mile queues from junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout towards junction 26 Wartham Abbey. On the trains the 9.32 service from Luton to Bedford is cancelled. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's it, that's your lot. Back tomorrow at six o'clock. Until then from us, ta-ta. and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think we should be doing more to fight ISIS? For months, we opened our paper 